on the 15th episode of Pixel Gaiden. We talk about some OG consoles. The first $100 Neo Geo Pocket. Eric's favorite game. Six good Gaiden games. More E3 news. I like my steak with Terra onions. Konami's new console? More controller talk. Boring beer. episode of July, the month of America's independence. That's right. Which we're just going to keep uh, hyping up here. In the heat of the summer. The Although it hasn't been that hot. Eh, a few weeks ago it was. But yeah, it was. It was boiling. Drinking, lo- drinking lots of beer, staying cool, yeah. using the pool. Eric, how are you doing, man? I am doing well. Great. I am also well. <laughs> <laughs> well, without too much further ado, let's just dive right into some quick questions, shall we? I'm going to go first this time. Eric, what is your favorite pre-NES console? Go. My favorite... um, Pre-Nintendo Entertainment System console. Can I ask you a question on that? You may not. (laughs) Okay, sure. What? My favorite now or my favorite then? Now. Okay, my favorite now? Then doesn't matter. I have no nostalgia. Now, right now, it would just... I'd have to have the lame answer. Probably the Atari 2600. Because I've had a ton of fun with it yeah. in recent years, modding it. I've modded it up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Got to get that, that wazoo is always getting modded. Yep. yep. Um, uh, I've I've have two different Atari twenty six hundred consoles. I've modded them. I've got a Harmony cartridge. I've been trying out a lot of different games. I'm gonna have to say the twenty six hundred. Yeah, I heard uh, opening it up and like modding it through the circuit board is probably the best way. But the second best way is up. The wazoo, uh, right up the wazoo. It's Definitely. got a, it's got a very seventies wazoo, so it's <laughs> pretty straightforward. Wood grain wazoo, exactly. Pretty straightforward. Um, ColecoVision. <clears throat> oh yeah, for you. I love that system. It's yeah, amazing. It, I, I'm impressed with the ColecoVision, like the the arcade ports on it. I'm always impressed how good they look. And I actually enjoy a lot of them more. It's kind of the whole arcade thing where you have to coin feed everything. Yeah. And how sometimes the home versions are better because they change the way the gameplay works so that you don't have to coin feed it and it's actually like beatable. Yep. Um, That's Coleco, a good choice. ColecoVision has a lot of the arcade games that feel arcade perfect, but the difficulty is ramped down where you don't die on level one and try to make it to level two. Right. You can get through four or five levels and then it ramps up gradually. So That's you a good get choice. To play more game. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, I like the downside being the controller. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's some aftermarket stuff. Actually, I, I've always used that controller. I haven't tried it with a with like a Wico stick or anything. <laughs> I've I've heard the Wico stick's pretty good for it. Yeah, and I've seen pictures of it, and it's pretty readily available. You can get it everywhere. But well, the one that actually comes with the Coleco or was sold for the ColecoVision. When I got mine, I got four of those new in box. Yeah, but they went for like eighty bucks each. Okay, so I got rid of them. Okay, um, I did I keep one? I think I might have kept one, but uh, I was actually not a fan of it. Because there was no, it's like the uh, like the old Apple joysticks we were talking about last episode. There was no um, tactile. Yeah, yeah, re- yeah. 
so I couldn't tell if you were doing anything. It was kind of hard. Yep. But I'm sure if I took like a Competition Pro and shoved it in there, it should work, shouldn't it? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Because it doesn't have the number pad. I don't know. I Anyways, don't know. ColecoVision's my answer. Okay. So my question to you is, have you played any video games or liked any video games, I should say, that are based on board games? Because I know you and I are both big board game fans. Yeah, and that's an interesting question because I'm not sure what the angle is on that. I hmm. played a ton of video games that are recreations of the board game. That's what I meant. Literally playing the board game. Yeah. Oh well, then yeah. If that's what if that's the case, then, what would you say your favorite yeah. is? Well, because I was thinking thinking games that were like <coughs> whole new video games based on board games. Like there's one for like Battleship that was a like a yeah no 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 action no, no. game. No. You know? Like, um, like example, I'm playing one on my phone. This isn't my choice, but I'm playing one right now on my phone that is on Hive. The board game oh, yeah, Hive yeah. with the spiders and the insects. And it's exactly it, but it no, keeps track I, of all the rules correctly. I got into a ton of, yeah, mobile, if you want to call it mobile stuff, but on pads. Because what's the, that's like the most amazing way to play board yeah. games against a computer is if you have a tablet. Yep. Because it's tactile like a, like a board game. So which one's your favorite? Um, that you've played over the years. And, and, but if we're talking about retro stuff, not really. No, 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 but, no, not retro. Um, you know, it's just a retro show, but that's cool. Nothing's more retro than pen and paper and cardboard. So, <laughs> that's right. That's true. Um, no, I, I, the one I've probably played the most, um, I do have a lot, but I play a ton of Star Realms. Yeah, I've heard that's on my pretty tablet. good. Yeah. And I have, the, of course, I have the real game there. Um, yeah. But it's a great game to, you know, they have campaigns and stuff in there because a lot of the games will create the game and be like, are you playing against a computer or a player? And those are your only options, and you just kind of play. Yeah. Or they might have, like, regular and hard difficulty. Yeah. Well, this makes a full campaign where they actually take the game of Star Realms, which is kind of like a one-on-one um, card game, kind of like Magic, but everyone draws from the same deck, so you don't have to worry about deck building. Yeah. Um, but it's a really fun game, and uh, they came up with campaigns where they kind of tweak some of the rules. It's like, all right, you're starting with this hand, and the, your opponent has this many health points compared to you now. Yeah. How are you going to get out of it? See if you can beat this level, you know? They change it. They change around the scenarios around. Or that's cool. You're going to be. You can only play green cards. There's you know five different colors. You can only play green or four different colors. Yeah. You can only play green cards this round. Can you beat your opponent? Yeah. You know? Right on. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to say my favorite one was uh, a, a, a years back. There was a Magic the Gathering game on PC that you could actually buy cards for and yep. get them. Um, and I really got into that at the time. This was years ago. This is before. It was right around when my son was born, so we're talking about 13, 12, 13 years ago. Um, I, I think pl- I played that exact same one. I can't remember what it was called right now, but I do well, remember Well, it was an official it. Magic the yeah. Gathering by Wizards of the Coast, um, but I played that a lot, and I spent a ton of money getting cards, and and then there was one that came out on the Xbox 360, Magic the Gathering, and it Those was... Planeswalkers uh, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And that one was fun, because you didn't have to spend a lot of money on it to actually get some decks and build some decks and practice playing Magic. Yeah, I love those games. Uh, but anyway, games. those are my two choices, yeah. Very cool. Um, we want to go ahead and remind everybody that we are now on Patreon. Yeah. We'd love to have your patronage if that is uh, something you feel so inclined to do. Yes, and so we do, it, the The Patreon is at patreon.com slash pixelguiden, um, and we want to thank Tim Drew from the UK. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Oh. Hold on, I have something really cool here. Let's see, do I have a... Don't you have your horn? That's too long. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll, um... Let me announce them again, though. You ready? All right, yeah, I just go for it. Tim Drew 
from the UK. And t Jim Tessier from U US Tessier Tessier Tessier. I, we're going to US it Tessier. up and say Tessier until okay. he corrects us. And Henrik L from L. Norway. I'm going to say L. There we go. And we, we want appreciate to, it. We really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It's uh, it's always uh, special that when uh, somebody shows their appreciation that way. So thank you. And it buys us beer. And it does, which we really beer. appreciate. Yep, absolutely. We want to go ahead and uh, honor you guys with a couple of Street Fighter Two laughs. <laughs> there you go. My new sounds for the week. Nice. I, I like them. Starting to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I think you're going to hear a lot of Chen Li laughter through this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, catch right up. Oh wait, no, we're not catching up. That's what we do in our first That's what episode. We do in the first episode. Let's go ahead and uh, catch up on some news because that's news to go. us. Yes. the first news we should talk about is cracking this bad boy open that is a beer which is what we do on the show yep. if you're new to the show just fast forward like two minutes if you don't like beer uh eric purchased and brought over a yolo brewing company beer which is a local county right next to us here in sacramento yep orange blossom blonde ale with local varietal honey Ooh, this Ooh. is high class it's artisanal raise your glass higher raise cool. your glass higher yeah the alcohol content is not quite as high as our buddy Dan's beer, who, uh, no. if you haven't last listened episode. to the last episode, episode 14, uh, our boy, uh, is it? Dan. Yeah, well, Dan, yeah. It's uh, 8-Bit Ale Works Black Mage yep. Stout, which was quite delicious. So, again, thank you for that, Dan James, from Arizona. And it was really good. Very tasty. It was really cool. The can is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the way it opens is um, a little dangerous, but it just made the is risk reward made it that much more exciting. So Eric's pouring a little to each of us here. This one's a little lighter than our Whoa. stout here. So let me top yours off there. Go ahead and top me off because um, I would like to make sure I have more beer than you. And <laughs> cheers! And I'm gonna cheers. Sit, I'm gonna sit first on this one. Go you ahead. start the news. I'd like to hear what you think about it. That brewery is great to go to. By the way, it's in West Sac. Um, That's very light. Is it? But it's got. Definite honey. A little bitter, a little honey. Very light. Refreshing? Good. Yeah, very refreshing. Okay. Good, good summer beer. Excellent. That's my review. All right. I'm going to take a drink while you... Well, I guess I yeah, will talk about the first you to talk about this. You're, you're, well, you're shindig. He can't stop himself. He's like, no, I need refreshment. Mm. All right. So I'll talk about the first one here. The unofficial Mr. Do on Zedek Spectrum. Coming out. Very cool. It, so this one's not out yet. Um, at this the time news. I recorded this, it is not out yet. <laughs> okay. But it might be out by now, because I think I put this on earlier in the month. Um, do you like Mr. Do? You know, that's one that's never clicked with me. Um, <clears throat> really? I, I played a little, again, up on the ColecoVision. They have a great yes, port. Yes, and that's a great port. It is a great port. So I played it mostly on there. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, it never kept me coming back. Um, yeah, here's what it is. Yeah, I like it, and I know a uh, lot of people love it. So, and I know you're not super fond of ports, but uh, there it is. Yep, I pulled um, it up on Indie Retro News here so we can look at it together. But yeah, it's got a neat. That's a neat tape cover. Yeah, the ZX Spectrum microcomputer from England. Uh, yep. it, they are almost almost 100 percent tapes. Almost. Whereas yeah. over here in America, we try to get over to cartridges or to discs. Yeah. Um. So. Yep. Here it is. I see gameplay here, and it looks solid. It's got ZX Spectrum colors going on. Again, it's cool. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a port, and if the best they do is make it 
arcade perfect, then it's a port of the arcade game. I'm just eager how they're going to handle it on the ZX Spectrum because I could see like Color Clash um, being a problem on that game. But I did read that this one's going to... Whoever's making it is keeping the next in mind. Is there? Do you see any verbiage in there about that? I don't right now, no. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I just like it. I, I've been playing a lot of my Apple II, and I've been Mr. Do's a big favorite of mine on the Apple II. Uh, there's a great version of Mr. Do on the Commodore 64. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I think it'll be fun. Very cool. Yeah, and that's what I'm liking about a lot of these new Spectrum <clears throat> games, is a lot of people are doing two versions. They're doing a standard Specky version or the next version. And since I have a next eventually coming in the mail here, hopefully not too far away. Man, I hope you get that soon. I want to see it. Yeah. I get more excited as I read more about it and I hear more about it. A lot of podcasts are a lot of chatter about it. I'm, yeah. Man, I just really want to... I hope I can get in on the second batch of that if uh, if it if everything comes to fruition. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. There you go. Or else you can just buy mine now for $800 <laughs> and then I'll get it when it's only 350 right. again. Yep. That would be a jerk move. Um. I don't know if you guys heard about this special tee shot. Does that mean anything to you? It means nothing to me. So uh, recently, I don't know how they found it, but you know, people keep finding these prototypes of games or unreleased games. Yeah. Well, special tee shot was a game that was. I'm going to fill in some of the blanks here myself. That this might be a little bit of speculation, but it was probably pitched to the publisher, whoever the publisher was. Nintendo got a hold of it and said, uh, "Let's go ahead and release that, but with Kirby." Yeah. And it became Kirby's Dream Course. Yeah. Which, if you've ever played that, is um, a cool little 3D mini golf game. I've loaded it up. I have to admit, I've gotten deep into it. But... I really want to dig into it because it seems yeah. like something that would be perfect for me. Like, but I, I love miniature golf. I love any. I love video what, golf games. And which in general. one was that on? Super Nintendo. Okay. Okay. So um, it's actually one of the less expensive Kirby titles <clears> because <throat> it's not a standard Kirby game. It's a yeah. golf game. Maybe it's called Kirby's Dream Course and Kirby's the Ball. Uh, but this is basically. They found a ROM of the game before. I think it's complete, finished, and everything. And they just this is before they put Kirby in it and made it a whole different Kirby game. Interesting. So it was originally called Special Tee Shot. Yeah. And to be honest, that to me sounds better than the version of the game with Kirby in it, just because it seems less fluffy. Yeah. I honestly don't remember it, so I gotta um, I gotta load that back up and try it out. But that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, we touched on this a little bit during our last episode, but ho- the yeah. Hori Grip for the Switch. Yeah, so on episode 14, I discussed, I bought a grip for my, and they're out now. They're just a the thing your whole Switch snaps into, and it lets you have these kind of almost PS4, Xbox kind of grips on the Switch. It's it's nicer, especially laying in bed when you're playing. It's easier to get a grip on it. Well, Ori, Hor, Hor, Ori? I guess it's Ori, right? You've always said Ori, which is probably right. Um, they have announced this thing called the the Demon X Machina Grip Controller. Machina. Machina. And uh, it basically the Joy-Cons, and it's Damon, like D-A-E-M. Yeah, you'll find it. Uh, that's not it. You just keep talking. Yeah. Um, it, instead of a thing your Switch snaps into and uses the existing Joy-Cons, this replaces the Joy-Cons entirely. Um, and, uh, there they are. Yep. I've they look that. really cool. Don't you think? It, I think that looks pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, it makes the, the switch a whole lot wider. Yep. The joy cons are almost, I would say twice as wide, but they do have the nubs, the, the bulges kind of like the PS4 slash Xbox controllers. Um, 
there's like that weird button in the back, almost like a Z trigger. Yeah, in the I think back. it moves the shoulder, one of the shoulder buttons down lower, so it's more useful. Okay, um, that's a guess. Just looking at it. Yeah, um, I like yeah. it. I think it looks neat. I think it's promising. I'm gonna wait until it actually. That's not out yet, right? No, it still says it's, it's for yeah, currently unavailable. Yeah, it's pre-order. Um, so what I heard is cool, pretty cool about this. Um, is it's not just grips. These are complete Joy-Con replacements. That's correct. Complete Joy-Con replacements. Um, I, I'm not sure about the battery that's inside of them. So they could be bigger. I don't know. And to my knowledge, this is the first time this has really been done. Yeah. Where it's a complete Joy-Con replacement rather than just being um, other than the a grip or a whole new wireless, complete new controller. There are unofficial people out there that'll mod the existing Joy-Cons to have yeah. like a digital con- digital or a change it to an analog pad or whatever. Uh, but these are official. They slide in to recharge. Um, I'm more excited about what this means for potential future things because yeah. again, I really really want. I mean, this could potentially if this would work with the. It's got a D pad, and this could work with the flip grip. That's right. But yeah. I'm guessing these are not cheap. If right. these are thirty bucks, even though they're big and kind of more than what I want, yeah. The fact that it has a D-pad and they're Joy Cons, if it works with the flip grip, I'll probably buy them. Yeah, because that's what I'm looking for. And I imagine they they should work with the with. I mean, those fit in the existing slots for a regular Joy Con. I can't imagine they're not going to work on the flip grip, but they might not. Yeah, I think there's something when they're in this mode. There's something <clears throat> that physically mechanically connects between the yeah switch and the device there definitely that, is yeah. that when it's in flip grip, flip grip mode it does not connect that's right it's actually a mechanical connection at that point mm-hmm. so anyways i don't know i guess but we'll cool we'll Find be able out. to test that out if one of us gets it and i'm sure i will cause... yeah if it's from hori that's probably i mean usually their their stuff is 10 bucks 15 bucks cheaper than nintendo's so if yes. nintendo's selling two joy cons for 60 bucks they're at 45 50 yeah um and then the one like the one i got that's a full controller was 20 Still right. officially licensed, but it was made by a company called what was it, A Gear or something yeah. like that. Now you've I don't know if I don't know if this is on our news items, but I want to talk about it anyway. You've read the rumors that the Switch Mini is is destined to come out here pretty soon, right? The Switch Mini? You've heard, <laughs> you've heard about that, right? I have. The rumors, yeah. Chen Li thinks. And they've shown they've shown mock-ups of the picture based on like uh, yeah, the cases people, yeah. that have come out. I got to tell you, if these, jo- well, not if these joy Joy-Cons are coming out, if these come out, I think you and me are in the same boat here. We like the size of the Switch. Yeah, I don't want, need a smaller version. I do not want a smaller screen. I, I don't need it more ergonomic. The Joy-Cons, I very rarely undock them to use them. Like Now that the I got ears. my separate controller, I don't either. So, Except for the flip grip. Yeah. And... And the flip grip works with it, which it won't work with the mini because obviously nope. joy the joysticks are bolted on; they don't come off. the 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 mini switch does nothing for me. In fact, it's every downside. It's at every downside to me. Yeah, to us, but right. Nintendo has a history of making their handhelds cheaper and smaller a few years in, and it's they know what to do with handhelds. Yeah, and they I, know it's going to work. And, and it's I can see a, kids going, yeah. "I don't like recharging my Joy Cons. I don't care. They well, just and, want a portable system to play and with." The, to the parents that are already on their third Switch because their kid keeps breaking it, 
or, or, or losing cheaper. the joy cons yeah. or throwing the joy cons joy cons across the room because they don't strap them on whatever yeah i mean you, yeah. we were talking about this last episode every handheld that nintendo makes is beat up and scratched mm. because they're so affordable yeah tons of kids have them they snap them they break the the bracket that holds the screen on the top they scratch the screen they snap off buttons i mean these yeah they get used and abused hard and this okay. one will actually fit in a pocket, potentially, which is something that Switch does not do. That's true. So. Yep. All right. So, I don't... Did you put this next I one? I did on? put this in here. Are you not familiar with the uh, Raspberry Pi 4, which uh, is coming out? I am familiar with it. I've been reading a lot about it. I'm excited about it. Yep. I mean, it's it's just another Raspberry Pi, and it's just that much better than the last one again. Uh, yeah, I've been getting the vibe, like the feelings on Twitter. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the pulse of Twitter. Yeah. And there are people that are just like, another one? All my old ones are working fine. And yep. then there's a whole camp thinking, this is awesome. There's so much power behind this one. Yeah. Anything that upgrades the Raspberry Pi, I mean, I think, and keeps the same form factor, I think is really cool. And it's always 35 bucks. It's always Price 35 bucks. Uh, you know, I skipped, I still have a Raspberry Pi 2 in my bar top because it works and it works great mm-hmm. with all the games. But someday I'm going to probably want to pop that in there when I know that there's going to be some of the more modern games, like, uh, let's say, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, like ones that are could could benefit from the smoothness of a more powerful processor. I mean, you have a Raspberry Pi 3 in yours, right? So I have, well, I have two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my, I actually have a Raspberry Pi 1 yeah. in my um, horizontal okay. main, main cabinet. Yeah. And for the most part, everything I throw at it works. Yeah. Some stuff gets a little choppy, but for the most part, it works. Yeah. Um, then I have my vertical one. Now, the vertical one is the one where I struggle. I can't play anything in that smoothly or at all past, like, 90. Okay. Because, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this, I'm not a programmer, I literally have everything, my Raspberry, my Raspberry Pi is taking everything and flipping it to portrait mode. Yeah. And I guess the graphical power to take everything it's doing and while flipping it all and putting it on a screen vertically, it, it takes a ton of power or something. So yeah. I can play 80s games on their solid, you know, Donkey Kong, Galaga. But that um, one has the Raspberry Even Pi. up to like 88, 89 and yeah. they'll play. But but that one has the 2 on it, right? So that one has a 2 or I think I, eh, I think it only has a 2. I think I actually bought a 3 and popped it in there. And it still wasn't doing a whole lot more. Okay. Um, not a 3+. plus. Or a three B, I guess they call it. Um, now, so when I'm, you, I'm really hoping that the four mm-hmm. for thirty five bucks can pop in there and literally has four times the power of the two that's in there. Yeah, and that will allow me to play all the games I want to play vertically. Now, I researched upgrading my Raspberry Pi two in my bar top to a three. You do not want to just move the SD card because you, you won't see any benefit. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to reinstall RetroPie, recompile oh, course, yeah. it for that particular Raspberry Pi. And that's why I'm not going to get a 4 probably for 6 months because everyone yeah. has to make all the software and update it and yep. change it. And... and exactly. So you might as well just wait a little while, which is what I will do, but I really do want to start playing more of the 90s arcade machines and I want it to have the horsepower to do that. I hear that this one's going to have that. Yeah. No, so, I looked at the specs as far as, you know, bar graphs. Yeah. And the numbers were double the 3B or 3 plus or whatever the second 3 is and yeah. quadruple the 2. The charts were went up. It went much upper. Up, yeah. Much more upper. <laughs> they hockey sticked as the businessmen say, right? As the businessmen say. Oh, is that is that a, a term? hockey stick? All right. Whatever. Hey, tell me about some more ports. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I do this. Tell I me, throw these in just to make you angry. <laughs> tell me about the 17th way I can play this game. Well, I, my history is I love Berserk. And I do understand that ports are cool because people are making... Kind of like everyone wants to port Doom to yeah. every machine alive. Yep. Yeah. Just because it's a cool thing that it takes skill sure. and it takes time and programming and you want to be the one that does it. Like, that's cool. Yeah. But as far as, like, me, I'm almost purely just into this for the games. Yeah. I don't need to play Berserk. But like if you, I own four different copies of Berserk on four different systems. Yeah. So. If you were a kid of this era, though, and you yeah. had a Commodore 64... And you had Berserk, you were like, yes, I got Berserk, and it's an awesome version. Yeah. But then if you were that kid's neighbor and you had the NES, they never came out with Berserk on that. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be neat. And I've been, I, I have my NES up pretty much all the time now. It's plugged in, ready to go. Now, so it's I new to you? It, well, I mean, it's it sits in a box usually, you know, because I use other consoles. Um, or the wires are put away so there's not a mess. It'll be nice to have it on there, and I w- I'm eager to see how they how they port it over there and see how it works and if it's a faithful conversion. I did years later on my bar top actually find the game Frenzy, which is yeah, made just, by Stern. Yeah, and I found Frenzy a, a, a great game. I, I don't want to say better, but I mean it's got a lot of cool stuff. Frenzy is awesome on ColecoVision. Yep, I was just looking at it over there yeah. in my collection. Yep, and when I restored my ColecoVision. Uh, Frenzy is one I played a lot, and I bought I bought it too. I have it still in the box. Oh, cool! Um, I, don't, I don't have any boxed ColecoVision stuff. I have an original Frenzy in the box, and it's awesome. Nice. Um, so I don't know. I like the old Stern games. I like the old Stern Maze games, and I I'm I'm looking forward to this one. So it's going to come out pretty soon. Very cool. Yeah, and that I'm assuming that's a free download because they can't copyright that. I, I think mean, I think you're right. Yep, and I think it might be out already. So. Okay. By the time this comes out, it will be hmm. released. Again, this is news to us, guys. Yep. This is uh, definitely not breaking, but... Yep. Keep on rolling. Tell me about this uh, death, death weapon. weapon. Um, I really do like arena shooters. Do you like arena shooters? Now, how is an arena shooter different than a twin-stick shooter? They're the same. They can't. Okay. A, a so twin-stick shooter can be an it. arena shooter. Well, they don't have to be twin-stick. You can have an arena shooter. Berserk is, would be an arena shooter, wouldn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would be one of the more rudimentary ones, but sure, it would be. A, uh, it would be. So there is a game coming out called Death Weapon, which is a C64 arena shooter, which by definition would not be a twin stick since there were no twin sticks for the C64. That's true. So this one is like you are in, in an arena and you are firing at bad guys and you are trying to clear levels out. So that, yeah, I'm looking at the gameplay of it right now. Yeah. So it looks shmuppish. It is shmuppish. So you're a spaceship. Yep. But you, yeah, so it's it's like Berserk in, in the sense that you shoot in the direction you're heading. Yep. So you can't. There's no maze. Unlike a twin stick, you can't back away from something while shooting at it. Yep. You have to be heading towards the danger as you shoot. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, looks clean. It's funny how a lot of Commodore Space games all look like this. Like, if they were not moving, they would all look very similar. Yeah. They have that similar, like similar explosions. Or, yeah. Um, well, and they all have, like, apparently everything in the world of Commodore 64 in space is held together by the same, like, girders and, like, the same yeah. steel uh, um, That's true. It's got a tubes very, and, very Commodore 64 feel to it. They're all a bunch um, of boxes that are rooms that are held together by tubes and girders. 
if you notice, it has parallax scrolling too. I like do see two that. levels. Like there's a couple multi- of white dots in the background. But you see that how some good. stars are moving faster than others. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like a multi-layered parallax scrolling. It looks good. It does. And here's the download right here. You haven't tried it yet, huh? I have not downloaded it yet. I didn't know, even know it was available. Yeah, just I'm clicking on it right now, so it looks it like you, you can to the GitHub or JitHub. I heard Jit? that. I heard that on a recent podcast. I can't remember which one. JitHub? Is it JitHub or GitHub? It's Git. Because the whole point is you're getting something. But is it GIF or GIF? <laughs> it's GIF because it's graphical. G- graphical. Sorry, I just answered the internet there. All right. Done. Done. You win. Thank you. I'd like to. I'd like to thank yeah. the internet for uh, trusting me with this one. You've made yep. the right choice. All right. Next All right. bit of news. Yes. As you hear me. Oh wow. We're going to talk about E3 again. We are going to talk about E3. Can we talk again. about Do you know why? Leaves again? <laughs> Do you know why we're talking Whoa. about E3 again? Even though Whoa. technically we last talked about it a month ago from this podcast. Because. One we were one day into E three when we recorded episodes That's right. twelve and thirteen. Yes. So um we haven't announced by the way again. We did in the first episode this month, but this is our one year anniversary. Yes. So that's exciting. We're still excited about that. Um and we plan to keep going strong. But at this E three, uh, a bunch of stuff was announced after our either it was announced or else we heard about it after our last recording. Um, so a whole bunch of great stuff I just want to touch on real quick. Yeah. Um, first of all, I know you're not a fan, even though I keep telling you you need to try it and you need to learn to play it the right way and enjoy it. Panzer yep. Dragoon okay. is coming out. A new new Panzer Dragoon game. Actually, modern, on all mar- modern consoles? I'm not sure which consoles. Um, okay. It was the first three games, Dragoon, Dragoon 2, or which is called Dra- Panzer Dragoon 2. Yeah, yeah. German for two. And then uh, Panzer Dragon Saga were all on the Saturn. Mm-hmm. And then, a lot uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but there's a great Panzer Dragon game on the 360 called Panzer Dragon Orta, which looks amazing. Yeah. I bought a copy of that. It's probably skyrocketing at this point as people are starting to learn which 360 games are kind of exclusive. Do you even have a 360? I do. It's downstairs. It's downstairs. Okay. Because okay. my, my girls like to play the Just Dance, Just Dance games yeah. on the camera. My daughter just played that with her cousin. Yeah. Like they were in there doing their dance thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I get I get suckered into it every once in a while. Uh, they are recreating... Uh, shoot, is it the first one or the second one? They're recreating one of them and updating them to modern HD graphics. Okay. And then they're making a whole new Panzer Dragon. Ooh. So I am loving this, especially this year at E3. All the old stuff is becoming new again, which is perfect for us and a huge section of the population that loves retro and retro-inspired. Yeah. I think we're... Uh, I think... Game companies are changing from the huge AAA titles to all these little things we all love. I think that I think a change is happening in a big way. I think it's, the Switch is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's one thing I love about the Switch is it, it's bringing this. To, uh, you know, it's forcing it to the foreground, and I I, I like that. Yep. Um, tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to play Panzer Dragoon this month and report back next month how I get along with it. Play. Well, I gave you a copy of number two. Yep. Um, I Saturn. think I gave you the Japanese version. You did. Which doesn't matter. I mean, it'll be in. Actually, you'll hear language in there you don't understand, but that's the language they made up for that, for <laughs> yeah. the game. Yeah. So it's not a real language anyways. So. Okay. Is that the one you recommend I start with there? I would. Okay. And make sure you understand the lock-on mechanic before you play. Okay. if you're just tapping the button and shooting things, yeah. 
you're playing it wrong. Okay. Anyways, play it. I love it, game. Okay. Um, there's a new Contra coming. Ooh. Uh, Contra Rogue Corpse is what they're calling it. <laughs> don't, don't tweet that out in the I hashtag. guess technically I shouldn't pronounce the P. <laughs> Contra Rogue Core, right? Yeah. P is silence. Um, that is correct. But I was looking at it, and it is it is not a 2D Contra. It is like a 3D. So oh, I still have... That's I, weird. I still have some hope for it. Yeah. Contra... I mean, Konami sh- like shut off the video games for years there. And they're coming back with these collections now with Contra and stuff. So, so what's a 3D Contra look that. like? It's like over the shoulder almost. It's almost like a Fortnite? Um, Is it Contra Fortnite? But it's definitely... No, because it's not open world. Oh, okay. It's definitely you're going down like a, solid paths. More yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Legacy of War, the one on the PlayStation I was showing you a few months ago. Yep. Um, so to be honest, I'm not, I wasn't instantly thrilled when I saw the footage, Okay, but I'm, I'm holding my hopes up. We'll, we'll see. Fair enough. Hey, did you hear about Trials of Mana? I have not. That is cool. Um, I've kind of had my head in the sand with E3 here. I haven't heard any of these. This E3 has been great. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Trials of Mana is coming out on the Switch. In fact, I think it, they already released it at this point. It well, is out what for is it? $39.99. Okay. And it is on the Switch the three mana games it is well over here it was called uh legend oh shoot what is it called seek their secret Not, of mana. final fantasy advent adventure okay which is actually a mana game they just retitled it over here but it's an action rpg from the game boy okay secret of mana yep and then there's a game which i've played that one and then there's a game i'm gonna is it second in setsu three i don't know that's the japanese title i believe i'm probably ruining it wasn't it like but basically a... it was this game after Secret of Mana? Yeah, in the same world, same action RPG, just never came out in the United States. What was it called though? There was a name. There's an English name to it, right? No, no. I believe it's called Second Setsu Three. Okay, you might be thinking Mother or one of those games, but yeah. okay. Anyways, never released. Uh, there's fan translations done, and people always said, "Nintendo, why aren't you bringing this over here? It's a great game." They find this is the first time Nintendo's ever released this in English. Weird, at all ever. Okay. And it's part of this trio, and it's all, like, modern and up and looks amazing. I really loved Secret of Mana. I, I, I don't think I ever beat it, but I got pretty deep into it. It's actually one I haven't played yet that I've been wanting to. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I had my tonsils taken out. Yeah. And uh, when I woke up, my uh, parents gave me a Game Boy. Oh. Which came with Tetris, Dr. Mario, and they gave me... Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure, which is the first game, which yeah. loved it. Oh, really? Action Adventure on the I've Game Boy. I've never played that one. It's great. Okay. Um, although this might be a better way to play it now. Anyways, I'm excited about that. It's thirty nine ninety nine right now to to buy that on the Switch. And it's all English translated. And so it's Switch only. Cool. Okay. I, I'm pretty darn sure. Yeah. Now this one came out of left field. No one saw this one coming. This was technically this was released on the. I mean, most of these were released on the Switch. Um, what do they call it? Their little short videos they do with all the releases. Yeah. I can't think of what it's called right now. Where the guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, out of nowhere, the Dark Crystal from Jim Henson fame. Yeah. Which they are coming out with a new movie, apparently. Really? I didn't yeah. know that either. So it is coming out with a game called Dark Crystal Tactics. So that movie from when we were, when I was a kid and you were probably a teenager, I guess. Yeah. That was Jim Henson playing with, like, dark, creepy puppets. Yeah, it was creepy. Now has a Nintendo Switch tactical strategy game based off of it. That's crazy. Produced by Netflix. 
Really? It's the weirdest thing. That is weird. And uh, as you know, oh, I mean, you may or may not know, Netflix is not, they don't even have an app on Switch yet. No, they don't. But they're releasing games for the Switch. I'm pretty sure this is their first game they've published. Hmm. I, I've never heard of a Netflix published game. Nope. Uh, it's really no. weird. No. Really I weird. I mean, there was a ZX Spectrum game from the Bandersnatch. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's cool. I actually there didn't play a, it. Did you play it? I have not. I did not play I didn't see the episode yet. Oh, I, you haven't? Oh, no, okay. I'm like the only guy who's never seen it. I actually forced my wife to watch it with you, me. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, I have not seen it yet. But she they, just got frustrated. She didn't like the game aspect of the yeah. of the movie show. But and I'm not sure Netflix. It's actually came interactive. Out you actually pick out. It's a choose your own adventure. Yeah, but so. I'm not sure Netflix pushed that. I bet it was the um, Black Mirror people who made that game. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, one of my favorite games of the last year here the messenger the messenger yeah they are now coming out with new dlc oh free okay well it's free if you own the messenger which i it's again unheard of i mean there's i mean it's not unheard of because there's a few other games um shantae did it yeah a couple other games did it but i mean i'd pay five bucks for it if they came out with it but they're just releasing it for free that's awesome and it was a, that was a great game i played all the way through it i could definitely play more of it i'm excited for that um, Battletoads is getting a new game. That's interesting. Which is why I have it playing on behind me here. Yeah, on the Genesis, yeah. Yep. I've never played the Genesis Battletoads, actually. I've always played the NES one, but I've got this back here. But yep. um, apparently they have video of it, it, it. Of it, it looks a little more stylized than it used to, I guess. Um, but, but it's still a 2D platformer style game? Yeah, I think the gameplay looks the same, yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll see how that comes. I didn't hear about that. Uh, a game is coming out that I normally have no interest in whatsoever. It's called River City Girls, and it looks like you're kind of, unfortunately, well, to me, unfortunately, you're kind of common nowadays, a schoolgirl Japanese anime-type game, which is like a genre now. This doesn't. This one doesn't come with panties, does it? This one does not, but those are out there if you need to know. <laughs> um, I know, I remember we talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're still pushing that game. That's depressing. Anyway, uh, That's that depressing. Was panty to me. party, by the way, in case you guys are interested. Yeah. Uh, but River City Girls. The only reason I'm interested in it is it's a brand new IP by WayForward. Oh. Yeah. So I just because it's WayForward, I'm going to keep an eye on it at least. Um, I watched it. It looks like it's going to be a well-made, solid game. What what it just style does of game not is look it? like something I would normally do? It actually looks like a beat 'em up, but Ooh. you're. Anime schoolgirls beating things up. I, that, but I'm if okay the gameplay is good and the yeah. story is wacky and fun and over the top and collectibles and especially multiplayer. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean it. It's not something I would buy if it didn't say WayForward WayForward on it. But yeah, it does. Okay. Um, E3. We were talking about this before E3, but Intellivision had a booth there. All kinds of people went into that booth. It wasn't open to the public. It was by appointment only for media. But have you heard from the media? I'm not. Oh, I've I've seen a number Have of you? people who went in there, played 20 plus games on it, and said this is a real thing. Oh, good! It's legit. I just I've had my we head can't say too much sand, about so. it, but we're excited yeah. about it. What they're doing there, they've got a lot of people on board. That's good. So there's been some people coming out saying they've saw it and it seems yeah. good. And and then I saw somewhere on because I now am following uh, Tommy Tallarico, who's running the project for yeah, and the co-owner or CEO of Intellivision. Okay. Um, and somebody asked him on Twitter, like, hey, is this game, is like an old classic television game, which I, unfortunately I can't remember what it is. 
like, hey, is this game going to become on it? I'd really, I would really love for this game to come out on it. And he posted a screenshot and said, here it is. It's one of the games we're making. Was it an original in television game? Yeah, apparently, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. But he threw up a screenshot of it. He's like, it's already working and running on hardware. Yeah, it would, I got to tell you, it would almost be the price of admission for me, because I've been looking for an Intellivision forever. If they came out with this and like said, hey, here's all the Intellivision games. Yeah, I would, I would be <laughs> like... Pointing to my Intellivision at games, uh, 60 games in one unit there. But. Yeah. Um, I remember being a kid and my, my buddy, uh, my childhood friend I still keep in touch with, we, we used to see that B-17 bomber game on Intellivision. And we okay. were like, we... we we wanted in Intellivision to play that game because okay. we were big into like World War II airplanes and stuff. Well, you we got to want... write, write Tommy Tallarico and ask him if B-17's on there. Well, we got to see. Maybe it will be. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah. I mean, it's not a Kickstarter. So it's not like people are going to lose their butt if it doesn't happen. But right. I'm feeling very good about it. I'm still very, feeling very good about the Spectrum Next, too, even though it's delayed. But there's so much communication. It's all delayed for the right reasons. I'm, yeah. I, there's I still, a lot to be yeah. hopeful for. Um, I hope the Amico. I'm not doubting whether the Amico will come out or not. I just hope that there's a market for it and that it does well. That's all. I'm yeah. worried about that there's not a market for it. Yeah, I got you. Well, speaking of which, the next yeah. topic we have on here is I'm, I want to bring up the Evercade. Yeah. Because I think you mentioned this last episode. Yes. And this is one I completely dismissed just because it's another handheld retro gaming device that plays games we already have. Yes. And I was not excited at all. Okay. Um,. They have a website now with some more information about it. I kind of looked into it, and I'm still not saying I'm on board necessarily, but there's some things I noticed about it that very much excite me. It looks like a solid piece of hardware. Um, they've got big names on board to produce cartridges for it. Wow. So I, what I didn't realize, I thought this is just another emulation machine, but they're actually releasing physical cartridges. That's how the games come on this device. Yeah. Um, so right now they have the following cartridges available. Excuse me. Atari Collection 1 and 2. Each one of those seems to have like 15 Atari 2600 or 7800 games. They're kind of mixed in there. Yeah. Not not something I'm particularly excited about, to be honest. There's more Atari games, ways to play them. But they come on a cartridge, which is cool. And yep. it's like a, it almost looks like a Neo Geo Pocket cartridge. Uh, the Namco Collection 1 and 2, these were more interesting to me. They had some pretty cool games, some more modern ones in these collections. Data East had games like Bad Dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple other games on there. Interplay 1 and 2 were two more cartridges they had listed on there. Mm. But this is the one that really got me excited. Mega Cat Studios Collection. Have you uh, heard about Mega Cat Studio at all? No. Um, so I'm actually going to go ahead and pull this up. I think this is worth pulling up here. And so now that I've pulled it up, I've actually noticed that pricing is on here too. It says release is quarter four, 2019. Everything's in pounds. This is a, a UK company here. So they have a uh, standard pricing, including one cart. And I'm not sure what this means, but they have 59.99, 69.99, 79.99. Yeah. So the first one's pounds. Second one's euros. Third one is dollars. Oh, dollars. Oh, I'm, I'm an, I'm a doofus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, Zangief, shut up. Zangief. Zangief. <laughs> now Chun Li's in on the action. So yeah, $79.99 US includes one cart. Or for $99.99 US, you get the premium version, which is th- including three carts. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, individual cartridges at that point cost 20 bucks each. So if you already like the ones you can buy, go ahead and buy three carts for 100 bucks. 
I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. I'm looking at a picture. It's mostly white with red trim. Looks solid. Looks like it's got a hard glass Almost top. Almost kind of looks like a Famicom-looking style a little bit. I don't need another way to play all these games. It just looks such like such nice packaging. Anyways, here's the reason I'm excited. Oh, it says save your progress. So this is going to be save states. Connect to your TV via HDMI. Uh, it says ever-expanding library, meaning they're adding more and more cartridges. Exclusive collectible elements. I'm not sure what that means. No internet required, required, which is what I, why I actually did try to throw money down on the retro VGS or Coleco Chameleon. Yeah. And how you see it, I want cartridge yeah. based games. I don't want to connect to the internet. The more the internet kind of splices in with gaming systems, I used to think that was so awesome. I I think it's horrible now. I yeah. I, 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 I get tired of booting up my Xbox. And I was like, hey, you got an update. It's gonna take an hour to install. I'm like. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm trying to play a game for 15 minutes. You can save your progress, which is neat. Yep. Yours forever to keep, which is our point. Eight and 16-bit games, officially licensed con- content. Celebrate the classics. That's not even a feature, but there you go. Um, so I'm going to scroll down here. So here's all the, here's some of the collections. You know, yep. Namco Collection 1. You got Pac-Man, Galaga, Mappy in there. You know, some of these old arcade games. 11 games in there for, the, yep. for you know, if it comes with the system, 10 bucks deal. Uh, Interplay has games like Clay Fighter, Boogerman, uh, Battle Chess, Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim, wow. Um, is that Ping? I don't know what that is. That's not an Interplay game. Is that Pango? Um, Atari Collection 1, Missile Command, a bunch of Atari, you know, Crystal Castles, Adventure. I see Ninja Golf on here, which is a cool addition, but 20 games. Yeah. Um, very cool. But here's the one I'm excited about. Here's the one I was trying to get to. Yeah. It is called Mega Cat Studios. Yes comes with 10 officially licensed games on a cartridge. Okay. Do you see what these games are? Uh, yes. Coffee Crisis. Okay. Old Towers. We've played that. Yeah. Uh, Tanzer. I'm not sure what that is. Log Jammers. Yeah. Um, which is like a... Well, Creepy Crawlers. Uh, there's a Little Medusa. So if these names don't mean anything to you, that's fine. These are all modern indie games. Yes. Log I recognize is, some of them. Log Jammers is like a uh, a copy of Wind Jammers from the from uh, Neo Geo. Yeah. Coffee Crisis is a twin stick shooter, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, Old Towers is that game that, that was ported to the Genesis, also in the ZX Spectrum, where you bounce around try to get all the coins. Yeah. But these are indie games. Yeah. If this system allows me to, to put ten indie games on a cart for ten bucks, or even twenty if you buy it afterwards. That's cool. Cartridge-based indie game system. Yeah. Handheld. This is where I get excited. I don't need all those classic games anymore. I mean, hopefully I get some launched. But if I can start buying indie collections on cartridge, I'm down. Yeah. That sells me. Justice Duel. Um, Unfortunately, some of these games, I can't even read the names. Super Painter. I don't know what that is. This one says Multi-Dude. (laughs) Multi... Anyways, yeah, Coffee Crisis is one I've actually heard of, and I almost bought that a couple times for like ten dollars on the Switch. Yeah, Log Jammers, old. Ta- Anyways, I'm excited. That, I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Arcade One Up has more games coming out. Do they? I think we mentioned. Did we mention? We t- mentioned this. Yeah, we mentioned T- TMNT. We did. We the, mentioned X Men. Have you seen the TMNT? Like, uh, I mean, it it literally looks like a. Like the old school cabinet, but shrunk down. Yeah. Which I heard, I was listening to a podcast where they said, well, how are you going to stand around that with all your buddies and stuff? And I was like, I'll find a way. It looks I'll pretty cool. I'll find a way. Yeah, I heard the uh, the panel goes out outside the normal 
yes. bounds of one of those. Yep. But what I did want to show you is this, because we talked about this, but there's a picture of it now. Oh, no. That is the Arcade 1-Up Star Wars machine. Oh, no. See the, the yoke? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, no. I'm what does that to, mean? I'm going to get that. <laughs> That's what it means. I thought that might be what you meant. Uh, it actually has three games. It has the original Star Wars, which is the one that <sighs> you and I are going to oh, no about. Because I think... We talked about if you could only one own one arcade machine, what would it be? And my choice was Star Wars because yeah. you can't recreate that. And I think I said something probably like, oh, that's a good choice. I probably should have picked that. Well, here it is, and you can recreate it. Here's the problem, and this is going to make your oh no even harder. Yeah. Almost all of these games have been two ninety nine. This one's quote unquote under five hundred dollars, which means it's forty nine four nine nine point ninety nine. Yeah. So it's going to be a little more expensive. Yep. Because it's got that that yoke. They know they can get away with charging more, and they're going to, and it's going to work. I think I'm gonna find a way to cut that down and make it a sit one you can sit in <laughs> <laughs> just build, mod that build out on that yep yeah so it also comes with empire strikes back and uh another game what is there, that other one i can't read it from here um can, can, can you return of the jedi is what it says oh, okay but i'm not familiar i mean the star wars is the vector based one with that yoke that, yep. that's the one yep everyone knows and loves so um yeah, that looks really cool, and it it's, it looks the part too, and everything. I have to admit, I I didn't read that that one was coming out. I thought I mentioned it to you, but I think it was a rumor, and now there it is. Oh God, that's uh, oh there you go. That's gonna put such a strain on my marriage, <laughs> especially once you build it out to a full sit down cabinet. Yeah, that's the original machine. That well, looks like they're fixing. Yeah. It Anyways, cool. Yeah, very cool. I will come over and play that with you. <laughs> in my apartment after I get divorced. There you go. <laughs> sure. There's your there's your there's Eric's N64 video cable. We covered that. Oh yeah, there it is. Well, oh, there's yeah, a new we covered en- that. We there's a new endless about. runner on the C64. There is called uh Run Demon Run. Did you have you seen this one? I have. Endless runners are not my genre. Really? But they're fun. I mean, they're just they're not the game you want to you can sink your teeth into. They're one of the ones like when you have an extra 10 minutes. Just load it up and just kind of yeah. play play around with it. Did you like that other the other runner the C sixty four Anibal? Yeah, I mean I enjoyed it. I, I, my favorite part about it is music. Yeah, I just turned it on, let the music this play. This one has good music Does too, it? supposedly. Um, but this one is out now, so okay. um, it's basically just a runner. But the, your sprite is huge. On I the saw that, and he does more than just run. Can he like duck and do other yep. few other things too? Yep. So that's another C64 game I thought looked really interesting. Um, it's been getting a lot of hype, so I'm assuming it's going to be pretty pretty awesome, but I haven't gotten it yet. But yeah, it I thought it was very hyped, and I think in large part that's because it's being produced by or distributed by Citronic. Yep. They do a good job of hyping stuff. They do. There's um, Again, because it's an endless runner, there's a lot of other C64 games that I'm more excited about, but yeah, but I'm definitely going to take check it out. All right, so here's the the other one. Let's this is get a big one. On well, this is one I was going to put on here, but you already put it on I here. Did. So, and I put some details on here because, again, I've been getting the pulse of Twitter. I threw those details in there. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, I thought I did. I did that today, but it doesn't I've, matter. I've been getting the pulse of Twitter, and this is getting a lot of hate. Really? Yeah, that's surprising. And then there's there is a lot of people kind of pro. Um, well, I'm gonna let me, let me lead you into this one because yeah. we talked about this last month. I think I brought it up and said that they were coming out with the new the C64, not the C64 Mini, yeah, but a full size the C64. Yep. So it's going to be between with, you and I. Yeah. We said I don't see the benefit of it unless 
you for some reason don't own a C64 and right. you want one. Yep. And the only difference, it and seems especially like, for is it... me who has an Ultimate 64 as well, so yeah. that is like a modern Commodore 64 FPGA based. It's going to be a lot more accurate than this one is. Which I get, okay, I'm going to keep throwing out Commodore 64, the C64. It's a computer from the 80s. Yep. We have listeners from all different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different walks of life. So no, it's important sure. to differentiate, and and I and and this is a modern version of that with HDMI, or so we thought. Yep, but, and the, the difference with this one is it will be a full-size Commodore 64 with a working keyboard, mm-hmm. but it will, in essence, just run an emulator of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I, in my view, there's not really a, a negative to this, and especially with some of the details that have come out with about it. Well, you and I were talking about that before we tell the yeah. details, and we thought. There's not a negative, but it's not something we're interested in because we already have a C64. Correct. And a lot of people that would be into it usually already have one. Yep. Or if they weren't, they already got the Mini, which is kind of like the essence of a of C64 gaming. Yes. Yep. So would somebody who doesn't own a C64 choose to buy one of these so they could have a C64 again, plug it into their flat screen with the HDMI? I think that's probably the market. But that's um, not much of a market, you'd think. You know, if someone no. still was like, I would love to get that again, they would have gotten one. Yeah. But this is not just that. No. What is it, Eric? So it's I a, put the details there for you. So you there's a, it, it's you can boot in C sixty four mode or VIC twenty mode. So that's, it's also a VIC twenty. A VIC twenty on HDMI, that's gonna be a first, I think. I don't uh, can't remember of any I mean so, there are emulators, Vice will do it. So so a VIC-20 being the computer before the Commodore 64. Yep. 22 the, columns, uh, 5K of RAM, very look, rudimentary ba- versus the Commodore 64. Although it looked a, a different color scheme, a, few, a different logo, but same keyboard, same bread bin style case. Yep. yep. But um, yeah, it was a, uh, was it a 4K machine? It's 5K. 5K. Yep. 3K usable, 3.5K usable. Compared to this Commodore 64, which had 64 usable. 64k total, total, 32k usable, I think it was. Um, Game carousel, so it's kind of like the C64 where you can flip through games easily and launch them. It's like Mm -hmm. a game launcher. Um, You'll be able to do 50 or 60 hertz, which is PAL or NTSC. So you can swap those games. Switch those on the fly. Now, the C64 Mini, you could do that, but you had to revise your software on the C64 Mini and then actually rename your files to force them yep. into either 50, 50 hertz or 60 hertz mode to make it work. This yep. will just be a switch now. Yep. Uh, and this, which is probably the most intriguing thing, is it will include a micro-switched controller. They fixed the controller. They hurt everybody. Yeah. That's which, great. That is great news. Uh, deserves an applause. I think it does deserve an applause. How about... Everybody's um, everyone's in on the party because the biggest complaint was the joystick. So hey, one thing you take away from this is they do listen to to the people. So yeah, the people were like, "Hey, your joystick sucks," and it does, it does, yep. <laughs> so they now what I'm hoping is that you can just buy the controller separate, like you could with the C64 Mini, and we could just use those micro switch controllers on the on the old Mini. Yeah, no, the controllers being fixed are awesome. That's, yeah. That's great. Um, now, my, I, I never had to mod my old mini controller. Mine stayed. Yeah. But then I built a whole new one, so I guess that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It doesn't then, matter if I modded it or not because I haven't been using it. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, because you were saying there was some lag, right? That you noticed the lag so much. And it... I noticed the lag, but I noticed the lag just between even my NES Classic and the, the yeah. TV. But with the Mini, it was even worse. Okay. Some games were unplayable. Okay. Yeah. And then the power Which I forgot to mention, by the way. Yeah. Uh, in our last episode, when we talked about Castlevania on the NES versus Master of Darkness on the Master System. Yeah. Uh, the lag did not bother me. There was no lag issues for me with the classic. Okay. I think it's because it's that methodical, slow-paced gameplay. Yeah. There's nothing twitch about it, so you could play Castlevania just fine. Oh, good. Which, the last couple of games we tried, I couldn't... That's good to know, because do. with the save states, I, I think would, that device would be perfect for me to finally beat that game. I actually have been... Pl- I played it on, on, on the, the NES classic, classic, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, you said the power adapters included, which is is welcome. I think that's a good move. They didn't do that last time, yeah. No. I think they were trying to keep the cost down as low as possible. All I right. think this one is a little more, though, isn't it? Wasn't this like 120 or something? Oh, this one's going to be definitely more. Yeah. 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 Hey, so I'm going to be honest with you. Please I'm, do. I'm going to get it. Oh, wow. That surprised me. No, I'll be getting this one. I, I, and, I, and the reason I justify this, I said this on Twitter to some other people. If if anything in 2019's coming out and it's a, a C64, it's it's adjacent to C64 stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine me being like in 1992 and thinking, hey, in 2019 they're going to still be releasing C64 stuff? I mean, it's ridiculous to think about that. But the yeah. C64 is my favorite machine of all time. So if I can just even get it and set it on the shelf, yeah. I'm going to do I that. know I'm going to get one eventually. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get it at launch full sure. price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, again, I can, with the equipment I have, because I put a lot more money into it than that, I can do all these things already. Yeah. And, I mean, I got the Ultimate 64. I've got real 64s up the wazoo. i got the C64 Mini. Um, so I got... much wazoo. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't need another way to do C64 stuff. But with that said, I'm still yep. going to get it. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things that are, that make me feel that way. Yep. Like, I don't need this. Why am I buying this? Because I am. Yep. Because I want to put it on the shelf and go, look, there it is. Yep. Um, I totally do want to try this, though, one yep. way or another. Yep. Um, Our boy Kriggs. 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 Yes. Yikes. Who makes all the EverDrive products, which is the, the uh, gold standard for the most part of uh I love his everdrives of SD card um solutions for various retro hardware. Yeah. Now this I don't quite get. I don't understand this, but he did come out with a new SD to NES Pro. Okay. Which the SD to NES is for the Super Nintendo, so you can use an SD card to put all your games and backups. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um the new one is $200 rather than the previous one, which is 100 bucks. But if you go on the... And then they have a cheaper version that's like 100 Okay. Um, so yeah, 200 150 $100. Um, it's worth getting the 150 which is... This is one I don't own yet because I have that Super UFO, which kind of works, but I definitely want to upgrade to, my, to a S, the, um, one of his Everdress. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at like the little chart he does. Here's, you know, good, better, best. Yes. And they have little check marks where they, you know, have things that they can do. And X is for things they can't do. Well, between the Pro and the previous version, they're all identical. They don't do anything different. 
The difference is like processor speed, like a few different things about speed. So I imagine the games just load faster. I, aside which, from that, I can't imagine what else is different. No, I mean, the, the key things would be the number of mappers it supports and things yep. like that. If they're exactly the same. Yeah, the first version of it like supports like 74% of Nintendo games, Super yeah. Nintendo games. Yep. And for the extra 50 bucks, it becomes like 97.9% compatible with games Which because I, of all the special chips and things. And I have the oldest one, so I imagine mine's the least compatible one. Oh, okay. Because I bought mine early. Like, when he first released it, I bought it. Well, mine's going to be worse probably than that because that Super UFO can't do a lot of things. No, no, yeah, exactly. But the difference between that and the new one, 50 bucks, I don't see what the point is. Anyways, he's also coming out with one for apparently the N8. He's working on an N8 Pro, which is NES. Yeah. But if that does the same thing, just faster and no additional features, I don't see why. No, I've been pretty but, happy, okay. even though I have the old SNES one and the old, the, uh, the first N8 one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not much. I mean, my SNES one won't play like Pilot Wings. I don't know why. It just it doesn't yeah, support a, the mapper. There's a chip in there. Yeah. And so that's the only one I'm missing. But if I really wanted to play Pilot Wings, I could emulate it or i could just or... go grab it you know what i mean or now i could just throw it on my mini right yeah go to my snes mini or my nest mini so i don't know it'd be cool to upgrade my aging fleet of everdrives because now a lot of mine are getting older because i bought them like eight years ago or something yeah it's like i, I don't want to spend another i thought well i mean as long as it covers 90s, apparently yeah. games it doesn't cover are like obscure Japanese games. Yep. I'm never going to play those anyways. Correct. So if I can get the one that covers 97% and stick with that, I'm good. I don't understand the pro. But anyways, the other thing I noticed when I was looking into this today that this kind of bums me out, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I always buy mine from Stone Age Gamer, but yep. there's multiple, I think there's multiple um, retailers for his products in various countries yep. that basically resell them. Or you used to be able to buy them off his website. Yeah. You can't buy them off his website anymore. You can't? Nope. Instead, and I'm pretty sure this is related. This is me making assumptions. Instead, he has a new retailer that is selling his products for him. Uh, Can you one guess? Who? Amazon.com. They're they're selling his products? They are now selling his products, and I'm pretty sure that's why he can't post them for sale on his own site anymore. Oh, that's weird. Because they probably don't want you to be able to buy from the distributor. Now... The good thing is they are still cheaper on other websites than Amazon. Okay. But, again, good or bad, good for us, but bad for him or bad for other small retailers. If I go on Amazon, I can get that tomorrow. They're prime. Yeah, I want the drone to deliver my EverDrive. Yeah, right? I want the, for the future, I want the drone to just drop it right in my hands. So in the past, you used to be able to get the best deal through him pay a little bit more to get it from like stone age gamer but get it in like five to seven days instead of 30 yeah and now you pay 20 more bucks and you get it tomorrow from amazon i want to walk down to whole foods and pick up my everdrive (laughs) (laughs) hi i'd like a uh, sd2 snes and some bulgur wheat exactly that would be awesome (laughs) and a kombucha um yeah so i don't i don't like amazon selling the hit stuff i'm gonna be honest with you that bugs me yeah um and I say that now, I'm probably like 45 days from now, I'll end up buying one through him and just hate myself for it because I just want it quick and I'm a consumer whore. Yeah. I, I'm the typical fat, lazy American. I love Amazon. I order from them weekly. I love the convenience of them, but I every I feel guilty every time I give them my money. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to, but um, I got a whole philosophy I don't want to talk about, about how, like... This is politics now with Cody and Eric. Yep. Uh, no, no, and it's not even politics. It's the 
how local stores have dropped the ball. They don't. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a local store. Like Tower Records is the perfect example. They don't have what I what I'm looking for. How I, about Dimple Records? I've gone to Dimple Records. Well, they're shutting down too, Eric. All of them? Yep, they're going under. Ah, oh, that's that makes so me. So Tower sad. Records, if for those who don't know, is a local Sacramento chain that became worldwide. It became and worldwide. It shut yeah. down ten years ago. Yep. And Dimple Records is like our local shop now. They have like nine stores in Sacramento area, and they're, they're yeah they're they're clearing out right now. Everything is like forty to fifty percent off right now. Even the one on Art. All all nine. Because uh, I know gone. the one in Elk Grove closed down, but I mean I, that was kind of writing on the wall all the time. But yep. So no, uh, and that's what I hate. That's brick and mortar is going away. I don't care if they drop the ball or not. No, I don't, I don't like, like that either. I don't like bookstores too. I mean, there's like yeah. your choice now is Barnes and Noble. Well, he talked about that. That's the small local bookstore now, Barnes yeah. & Noble. Yep. Anyway. All right. Well, I'm with you on that. But, I mean, I, I will say that I've been frustrated going into, even way back in the early 90s, I'd go into Tower looking for a CD and, like, they didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd go back in a week later and I didn't have it. And they're like, oh, we can order it for you. And, and, and you can come pick it up. Well, I could just order it online and ship it to my house. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, did, I didn't like when they gave that as an option and pretended like it was a great option for us yeah. as a consumer. But how about I, I walk get where in and you from. just have it? <laughs> and I also want the greatest hits of Yanni. Which why don't you have that on the shelf? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you have everything I want at my fingertips like online does? That fair enough. <laughs> so I'm trying to pull up another one here. We got to open another beer here soon please, too. Please do. So we can do this IPA? Yep, I got a local IPA there. But while you're doing that, have you heard of these? Uh, the Neo Geo Mini, okay. which is another uh, retro classic mini console. Which I have, yeah. Which I've been wanting, but I don't want to pay... I, again, I gave you my full reason. I don't want to pay, pay full price for it. Correct. I would have paid full price for the... And I did, for the Super Nintendo Classic. Yep. Actually, I didn't, but I would have. Okay. If they were available at the time. Anyways. But the Neo Geo... To get the mini with two controllers was like one fifty or something. Okay, literally doubled, almost doubled the price. And for a system that plays arcade games, which I don't get as much use out of because they're coin fed. Anyways, yeah, I've been waiting for them to drop and they have not. Okay, in fact, they like dropped like ten percent and started going back up. Yeah, magically. No. So I don't know if you saw that they're now coming out with special editions. No, I didn't see that. So these are the Samurai Showdown limited edition minis. Announced okay. for North America and Europe. And I don't know the characters in Samurai Showdown that well, but there's basically one character assigned to the white version here. It's kind of a white clear. Yeah. There's a red clear and a blue clear. Oh, they look neat. I they like do them. look neat. And um, they come in a big old like display box because they know that's how we're going to put them on our shelf anyways. Exactly. And they actually do change the lineup a little bit. Um, Open. So anyways, here's the whole lineup. I don't need to go through there and try to figure out which ones are different. But It is different. Some of the games are different. Yep. So, anyways, they're still cranking out new ones. I guess they're still profitable for them, and they're not dropping their prices yet. So I do like mine. I boot it up all the time. I play uh, Ghost Pilot a lot. It's a great shmup. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've gotten my money's worth out of it. Good. Yeah. And with those new thumbsticks I got, the joysticks are actually really pretty nice. Nice. All right. Let's get this going. Land Park IPA. So this is local, too. This is a local beer. This is a 7.07% a alcohol by volume. So oh. we're getting crazy crunk tonight. Um, so I know everyone says it's New Helvetica, but it's not. There's no C in there. It's New Helvetia. Hel- Helvetia. New Helvetia. 
Helvetia. Okay. Because my neighbor says that because we buy beers from this brewery. Sometimes not. We haven't tried this one, though. Um, and he's like, it's Helvetica. I'm like, no, it's it does Helvetica. look like that. Yeah, it does it, look. It like looks that, like, yeah. and it's called New Helvetica. So it sounds like a font. <laughs> um, remember, don't pour that all into yours. There's, I won't. Just, just protecting myself. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the lion's share. No, half and half, brah, brah. Um, so yeah, this is, land park is an area of Sacramento. It's kind of an older but nicer area. Yeah, it's where our zoo is, and yeah, there's a little uh, kids amusement park there, which is kind of cool. Okay. So the picture is on the side of this can here, and it uh, looks to be... Um, it's like I got a map on it. Land Park IPA Northeast Land Park is what it says. So now my buddy from down the street on 4th of July brought a four-pack of these. But yeah. They're they all different beers, but they're all juicy IPAs. Yeah. Now this one doesn't say juicy on it. No. But I actually enjoyed the other three because they are the East Coast juicy style. They're not just that dry, bitter... Yeah. I'm not a fan of IPA, so but I'm going to give this a... If this is one of the juicy ones, it's good. Cheers. I don't know. Cheers. It definitely smells hoppy. It smells IPA-ish. Mm-hmm. But I, it does smell... smells of what I want to call juicy as well, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of got like a like juice. It's almost like... That's not too bad. Juice because, and beer together. You know, for people that would listen that aren't familiar with IPAs, they're very hoppy. This one's not terribly hoppy. I mean, it, you can taste... I don't mind hoppy. It's just when they do hoppy with that sickly sweet bittery it doesn't work for me but yeah um anyhow it's not bad it's yeah, pretty good I like it the terra onion mega cd yes you actually introduced me to this you found this before i did yeah this is pretty amazing um it's pretty expensive though um i don't know if you want to bring a picture of it up but so this is a cartridge that fits in your genesis or Mega Drive, and it supports um, putting ISOs on it, and it will play your Mega CDs. It is the first cartridge to do so that I'm aware of. Yeah, you don't need the you don't need the hardware, the CD hardware at all. It'll play all on this. And you now, say Mega CD, but Sega CD is what we called it in yep, America. Sega CD. Yep. It also play 32x. Yep. It'll, well, it'll play 32x. You still have to have the hardware. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which is the same as the Genesis, um, the EverDrive. The EverDrive, you know, if you have a 32X, it'll play your 32X ROMs, but you still have to have the 32X hardware. Um, so I think this is awesome. I'm glad somebody came up with it. Um, I I will probably won't be getting it because it is really expensive. Yeah. Unfortunately, the cost of the FPGA still is way up there. Yeah, depending on the FPGA. They have a thing called Tiny FPGA now that's 30 bucks for the chip. Oh, nice. Um, but, you know, this probably takes a stronger FPGA that's more expensive. So as of right now on their website, 232 euros. Which is... Like almost 300 bucks shipped to here. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's nuts. And put, to put that in contrast, um, over there there's a retro gaming store called... Um, not fair game, but a uh, trading game over in Natomas. Is that the name of it? Game and trade, game and trade. That's yeah. it. They have at least they had a few like last week, a Genesis two with the set with the Mega, not Mega, but the Sega CD. Yeah, with the base unit and all that mm-hmm. stuff. They had the whole the side mount one. Yep, the side mount one. They had the whole setup wrapped in plastic for one hundred eighty eight bucks. Because I've been looking for one. Well, Me I, too. I would prefer a Model One. 
Yeah, and this one wasn't. This was a two, but um, 188 bucks. I I really thought about pulling the trigger on it, and I might if I go in there again and it's still there. Because <laughs> um, I've never owned a uh, a Sega CD. Yeah, nor, nor have I. Um, I, I already ha- I do have a 32x. Do you have one of those? I do. Yeah. Um, but they're fiddly. They're very fiddly. They're, they are fiddly. They, they, you have to have the right cables for it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway, it's a neat thing. It's way too expensive for me, though. It I, really is. I, but it, there's a lot of really good Sega CD games that I've heard about and I've never played. I yeah. really want a good way to play them. Sure. Preferably on real hardware. Yep. Um, but I think at that price, I'm just going to have to emulate for now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the next one I wanted to bring up is one that I'm surprised you didn't put in here because this is huge. Yeah. The TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Yeah, and I read about this. I did read I knew about it. Um, I'm not sure why I left it out. But um, the thing that is so interesting to me about this is that it will play the CD games. Yep. Did you read that? So yep. it's going to have the, what do you call them, the Ys or Wees? Well, they ease. 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 So they, they, they never, I don't know if they officially announced that. But they do have well the American games list. Okay, there's only six games I think at this point they've announced. Okay, R type. Yep. New Adventure Island. Okay. Uh, which that's a weird one to me. Yeah. R type's a solid port though. R type is great. Ninja Spirit, which is such a cool game. Yep. Um, have you played that one? I have not. It's weird. Imagine Ninja Gaiden, but more arcadey, and you actually get options of yourself, kind of like Gradius. Yeah. So if you jump in the air land there's like two or three fake yous following you and they can attack just like you can it's this hmm. crazy like ninja wow. fighting game on acid i'll have to try that out but then yeah east book one and two is on here which is a cd game and i am excited because i have not played these i've read everyone talks about them everybody plays them and i get left out just like always and it's funny because i felt the same way about that until i finally thought about it i'm like my retro pie should be able to play sega cd and it will yeah. and i finally did reset my entire retropie just to try some sega cd games because i've always wanted to try it yeah and uh, or not sega i'm sorry well uh, turbo graphics yeah. 16 cd based games that's cool i would like to play it on original hardware uh me oh of course yeah yeah same here um and by original hardware you mean a tg16 mini exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey but it's still it's still sort of the same uh really. dungeon explorer and alien crush the pinball game are hey, those are both here. solid dungeon yep. explorer is a fun did you play yep. dungeon explorer I played that not long ago. It was pretty fun. Did you not listen to my TurboGrafx 16 first $100? I did. Yes, I did. Yes, it's in there. Although I have not played it multiplayer, which is the point of the game. In fact, you know what? I think I, when I listened to yours, that's when I booted it up and played it. Oh, okay. You influenced me. You're, need, an, you're an influencer. To, why, thank you. Keep that in mind, all you um, <laughs> vendors out there who exactly. try to hawk your wares. I can make things happen for you. Exactly. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, and I will get it. I, I would definitely want to get this. Two, yeah. two, two again, controllers, right? It comes with two controllers. Yeah. And then you also, there's going to be three versions. There, and you're going to have to you know, buy the one local to you, or if you want to import one. There's the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, the Core Graphics, uh, which is like the black one, right? That's the, the black one with the blue writing. You, you have the, that one, right? Or do you I have do the white not. One? I have the orange one. With the one, the, the gray and orange. It's the Core 2 Duo. Or, oh, okay. I'm sorry, Core 2. No, yeah, Core 2 Graphics. Core graphics, graphics too. <laughs> yeah, so you do have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the PC Engine Mini, which is, I believe that's the one that's white with orange. Yes, that's right. So, anyways, you got three different 
colors, and then two of them look like the Japanese version, and one of them looks like the American version. I can't decide which one I want. They all look very cool. Yeah. Um, part of me wants the white and orange. Part of me wants the core graphics. Part of me wants the small American one. Yeah. Um, they do have different games that come on them originally, I guess, but yeah. let's be honest. Um, they'll be hacked, and we'll be able to put whatever we want That's true. That's right. Um, the cool thing is the PC Engine Mini is confirmed to have Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which is a great yeah. PC Engine CD game. Yep. Yeah. So that's huge. I'm excited about that. Before we go on, uh, tell me about the spear and what do you what are you thinking? I actually really like it. <laughs> yeah, I th- it's not the juicy know. IPAs are really good. They work. I think they're good. I don't know about really good, but they're good. It's not bad, but this one's good. I, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm I've actually been get, getting into juicy IPAs. Okay, regular ones still drive me nuts. Are you going to start wearing those sweatpants that say "juicy" on the butt? That's that's <laughs> in relation to the beer, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would imagine. What else would it be? Um, I just put one more thing on here. Um, the Sorrow of Godlawn Thur. Weird. This just came out on on Indie Retro News, and it's a apparently a high quality MSX2 action RPG from Kai Magazine. Um, so a lot of cool things here. First of all. It's an MSX game. I'm obsessed with my MSX right now. It's an MSX2 game, which is yes. even more amazing. It's an action RPG. I which, love action which RPG. We it both is side, that. like a side-scrolling one, though, not top-down. Okay. Well, so we'll see. All right. But then it comes from uh, Kai Magazine, which I looked that up, and it's on the why they're called. I don't. I don't understand the whole thing. The power went out. <laughs> Kai Magazine. <laughs> I saw that. Um, it's supposed to have a really long battery too, but whatever. My computer shut down. Um, Anyways, Kai Magazine, I went on their website, and they have games. They are for sale, but they're all MSX and MSX2 games. Okay. Um, a lot of them are pretty pervy. <laughs> I guess uh, they're from Spain. Yeah. But this one, does guys. Not, this one does not appear to be. Um, so I, just the fact that they're making a bunch of these games is awesome. Um, once we talk, uh, when we get to six good games, there's going to be a few. Uh, there's going to be an MSX game on there, and I want to talk a little bit more about the MSX then. But Sure. Very cool. All right. I think I'm done with the news. That's it. That's all you got? That's all I got. All right. Well, then I guess it's time to hear Eric's take. Eric's take! This month on Eric's Take, I want to tell you what my favorite game is. And from year to year, this will change. Um, but this year, it happens to be Paradroid on the Commodore 64. My favorite game will always be on the Commodore 64 because it is the computer device or gaming platform that I have played the most games on in my lifetime. But this year... I'm going to select Paradroid. Uh, Paradroid is a game that was written by Andrew Braybrook, which uh, he has written many games. 
Um, another pretty popular game on the Commodore 64 that he wrote was Iridium. Um, and it was published by Houston Consultants in 1985. Um, I have some very good memories of Paradroid. Um, this was a game that I never saw in stores back in the day. Uh, this was a game that I um, pirated. Uh, I remember downloading it off of a BBS uh, probably in 85 or 86 um, and distributed it among my friends and it quickly became, became a favorite uh, among most of my friends. Um, it is basically a game, um, a shoot 'em up game that goes in all directions, horizontal, vertical. Um, you are a droid that is trying to clear 20 decks of a spaceship where rogue uh, robots have taken over. And there are an infinite number of ship, ships, so you never actually can beat the game, but when you defeat um, a certain number of ships, I don't remember how many, uh, it will just start again with harder and harder robots on the decks. As it is in the beginning of the game, the ship has decks that have lower numbered droids. Um, there are 24 different droid types, and basically a droid on the screen appears with a number on it. You start out with a droid called the Influencer device, and that is 001. And this robot has a special feature where it, if you hold the button down on the joystick and you collide with another uh, droid, it will begin a mini game. This is where it's kind of a little puzzle where you have to take over another uh, robot and then you take over the, the features and functions of that robot and you try to clear the decks one by one on the ship. Um, I have heard over the years that people just don't understand how to play this game. And it is a pretty easy and basic game once you understand what is going on. But I can understand that um, if you just happen to get this game and didn't know anything about it, it could be pretty confusing. But in essence, it's a shoot 'em up game. Your droid can usually fire lasers in any direction and you can destroy droids, but eventually your droid will want it run out of energy. So before that happens, which is indicated by your droid starting to flash on the screen in a certain sound effect, um, you have to take over another droid. So there are two ways to clear decks on the, on the ship. And that is either by destroying a droid with your laser or by taking over a droid. Now, when you go into uh, takeover mode by holding the button down, you um, collide with them, and then a little mini game starts. And the mini game, I think, is where most of the confusion starts. Um, depending on the number on the droid, is how many nodes you get. These little like power nodes, and you have to basically have more nodes um, completed than your opponent. And you go up and down this kind of, um, it's very hard to explain on a podcast. You'd, you'd be best watching videos on YouTube, but you basically connect power a, a circuit line that goes into the middle console and 
you need to get more than your opponent. So if you're taking over a droid that has more of those, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And certain circuit pathways just end and they never reach the main power circuit. So you got to kind of really be careful where you place your power nodes. Um, you go up and down and basically try to take over more power circuits than your opponent within, I think it's 60 seconds. And then if you succeed, you take over the droid. If you fail, you then return back to zero, zero, 001 and begin again. Um, you don't begin the whole game again, but you basically get reduced in rank down to zero, zero, 001, the influencer device. If if you were already the influencer device and you fail this mini game, then the game is over and your droid dies. Um, scattered around the ships are computer consoles that you can log into to look at various um, statistics and um, information about every droid that is on the ship. Um, it's kind of there just so you can read about them. Um, you start off with a 001 influencer device, but the most powerful droid is a 999. And you don't want to mess with that unless you are in a droid that is substantially higher than 001. So you may want to go with a 700 or 600 series before even attempting to take over a 999 droid. They are the, the most difficult in the game. Um, another thing you'll find around the ship are uh, regeneration nodes. If you hover over these, uh, a little bit of your energy be, will be um, re-energized in the droid you're currently in. But remember, eventually you will run out of energy in your droid. And there's no way to really see what level your energy is. You just need to transfer to different robots periodically before you start running out of energy. Um, that's pretty important, or you will go back to 001. And depending on where you are in the ship... Uh, it's going to be very difficult to jump back into another droid. Um, another um, another thing scattered around the ship is um, elevator shafts, and those take you to different decks. Now, when you clear a deck in Paradroid, um, you the lights go off. It's kind of a neat little thing. The, there's special sound effects that sound like it powering down and the deck goes dark. Um, and then you need to find an elevator shaft to go to the next level and try to clear that level. And it's kind of an open game where you can go to any level in the ship you want. Certain levels will be occupied by higher level droids. So if you are a lower level droid, you want to find a deck that is more compatible with your droid number so that you can easily transfer um, and destroy the droids in that deck. So basically you want to destroy 20 decks and then you've cleared a ship. Every ship has a name, um, but you know they, uh, they eventually will forget the name of the last ship before it then just cycles again with much harder droids. But um, again, this is kind of a hard, difficult game to explain, but hopefully you'll take the time to... Um, watch some videos on Paradroid. I even made a, um, a video of playing Paradroid to try to explain it because I do get a little disheartened when people say they don't can't understand how to play because ultimately it is a fairly simple game to learn. Um, once you learn it, it is difficult to master, but it is a great game. Um, the sound effects are amazing in the game. The graphics are very, very smooth. Um, 
and it's definitely worth your um, time to learn. This game has been ported to a couple different platforms. There is a there was a game on the Amiga called Paradroid 90, which is similar, not exactly the same, but very similar. There's a game on the ZX Spectrum called um, Quasitron, which is isometric, which is kind of a neat twist on the game, but it, in essence, is kind of the same game. And there was even a um, PC port called FreeDroid, which um, I've never played, but I've heard is pretty decent as well. So hopefully um, you will take the time and play this and enjoyed as much as I have over the years. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Cody's Big Review! Cody spent days firmly playing this title and wants to give you the full, unadulterated truth. This week's title was... Radiant Silver Gun. So, tell us, Cody, how good is it? (laughs) So good. Whoa! Well, stay tuned next week for another one of Cody's big reviews. Cody's Corner. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to Cody's Corner. Uh, first one hundred dollars. Whatever I want to call it this time. It's the first $100 episode. This time on the Neo Geo Pocket, which you've probably already heard me talking a bunch about this episode. I am, uh, I've always loved this system since I learned about it, and I've just been falling in love with it all over again this month. Planned a bunch of stuff, and um, thought, you know what, I'm already uh, up and in it. Why not do my first $100 segment on this uh, system? So the uh, Neo Geo Pocket is a handheld system. Um, I specifically own a Pocket Color, which is the one to get. Uh, It can play all the old Neo Geo Pocket games, which are black and white, kind of like a Game Boy, but also plays um, all the color games, which there are a lot more of. Um, It's a system that's been going up in price a lot lately, unfortunately, which I did not realize until I started um, playing some of these games and looking into games for this segment. but there's some there's some great deals to be have had on here. A lot of console exclusives or handheld exclusives, whatever you want to call it, um, and great games. Where there's a lot of systems that you know have a lot of shovelware, you know, where you only have thirty percent of the games on a system, you know, that are actually worth playing. This has the exact opposite situation, um, where probably seventy percent of the games are must plays or, or worth playing. Um for the most part you can pick a game that sounds like it would be good and it's gonna be good. Um because it's SNK, most of the games are SNK made titles, which is probably where the quality comes from. Um but it also keep in mind that SNK makes really good fighting games, so fighting games are huge on the system. Uh they make great arcade games, so there's a lot of their arcade games on this system. However, they are not straight ports. They are modified to make sense on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which is why it's such a great system, um, in large part because of the software. So, without going too much into detail um, about the entire system and everything about it, let's go ahead and just dig right into the first games I would buy if I had $100 to spend after buying this console. You know, it's new to me. I own no games. I have $100 to spend. What would I buy right now? So... I'm going to go ahead and just start right off with Neo Turf Masters. 
if you've ever played the Neo Geo game, the arcade game of Neo Turf Masters, um, it's just such an awesome uh, golf arcade game. And uh, now let me be straight up with you. If you guys have played golf video games before and they're just not your thing, um, first of all, I'd try Neo Geo's uh, Neo Turf Masters. It's a great, quick, upbeat arcade game. It's still golf. It's still semi-simulation, but it's very arcadey, very fun, quick, and poppy. Um, this is a fun little handheld version of that, but it is not quite as um, visually exciting as the arcade game. Not quite as poppy and snappy and, and uh, upbeat, um, but it's still a very good downsized version of it. Uh, there's three courses on here. It looks like Japan, uh, Arizona in USA, and Germany. Um, and you can, there's not a whole lot of options. You can play through those three courses. You can do stroke play. You can do um, a few different types of play, uh, six different characters to choose between. And then you can also do what they call the um, triple crown, which is you play all three courses and try to, you know, that's essentially beating the game, right? If you can win the triple crown. Um, so if you're good at golf games, it probably won't take you too long to get through this. I haven't actually gone all the way through it, through it yet, but I do plan on doing so. Um, great little golf game, um, bright, vibrant colors, things make sense, uh, it's not overly complicated, there's some things to consider like wind, golf club selection, um, pretty standard fare as far as what, you know, you'd expect a golf game to be, but just really well presented, a lot of fun, and, um, according to the, uh, video game price guide online here, um, currently $17. Now, the games have been all over the place because I've recently been looking into buying a couple things and selling a couple things, and pricing is all over on this stuff. So I'm just using this price guide for this list, but uh, you can probably find this for a whole lot more, and you could probably snag it for less in certain places. So um, these are kind of rough numbers. But the next game I want to bring up is another console exclusive, um, and that is the Card Clash games. No, I apologize. I had to run off and grab it. It's actually called Card Fighters Clash. Um, SNK versus Capcom. Now, there's two of these games. Uh, there's the SNK version, which is, I believe, the yellow one. And there's a Capcom version, which is the blue one. Now, I've been playing the Capcom version simply because uh, it starts you out with a deck of Capcom character cards. Um, as you play through this game, it's very much like a... Um, I, I mean, I, I used to play Magic the Gathering as a kid. It's very much like a Magic card game, but a lot simpler. Um, not quite as many things to keep track of. Um, I've also seen online they compare it to like a Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess, or maybe even a Pokemon. Um, I haven't played those games, so I don't know. But uh, it's a game where you're literally battling against other characters. You kind of have a cool overworld map where you go to different locations and battle uh, kids in these card games. And if you can beat them, you win some of their cards and you can now change your deck around. Um, so the SNK version starts you off with all uh, SNK characters, you know, from from their games, the cards that represent their characters, and the Capcom one, you start with the Capcom characters. Um, I think I'm, I probably talked a ton about this. I've been playing this uh, well over 10 hours now this month. Um, fell in love with this game, and uh, I don't want to talk about it too much more at this point, but... This would be a must-have for me for this system. Um, very unique. There is a second one on the system, 
And there was also one that was created, I guess, for the DS. Um, I looked into getting that, but it's got very poor reviews, unfortunately. But uh, the Capcom version of this can be picked up for about 20 bucks. That's the one I'd go for. For $5 more, you get the SNK version, but they're the, essentially the same game, just with different starting cards. Um, Puzzle Link. This is a game that I also believe is exclusive to the Neo Geo Pocket. This is a, if you want to call it a falling block puzzle game, um, there's a Puzzle Link 1 and a Puzzle Link 2 on the system. I have both. They're both very inexpensive. Puzzle Link's $9.00. Um, Puzzle Link 2 goes for like fourteen fifty or something like that. Uh, for the sake of argument here, I'm doing the $9 version. The game play is just as good on both both uh, cards, cartridges, but the Puzzle Link 2 game has few more options. Um, there's more collecting of cards, I guess, is kind of this in-game thing. You can try to collect all the cards, but you win cards by winning these. It's not a card game. It's a puzzle game. Um, so think, you know, Tetris style game or Puyo Puyo or Columns, those types of games. But this one is definitely its own thing. It's not a match three. It is not, um, clearing lines like Tetris. It's not Puyo Puyo. It is very interesting. You've got blocks falling from the top and at first you start with just two different colors. Although they're not just colors, they're like round circles or, um, that are a certain color, red hearts. Um, I can't remember all the shapes right now, but. You start with two shapes slash colors, and then as you progress, you get more and more. And basically, what you're doing is shooting from the bottom. Um, you kind of have to see it to understand it, but you're shooting these little blocks that become lines as you collect, as you push them together. And so you might see a purple heart on one column that's coming down from the top. You might want to shoot that and then draw a line over to another purple heart in another area. And once those make a link, then all the hearts that are touching in those areas now disappear. Everything falls upwards because it's coming down from the from the top. And that's how you clear stuff. And so your goal is to clear everything you can to get town until you to the, see these two um, kind of shiny letter Cs. And once you can puzzle link those two Cs together, you complete that level. Um, it's still very different, but it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite puzzle games, Tetris Attack. Um... I can't remember the Japanese name for that game. It actually had a, a series of games based off of that. Uh, but in America, it was called Tetris Attack. Um, so if you like that kind of gameplay, um, I love this game. I actually just got stuck playing it for about an hour today when I just popped it in real quick to, to see the differences between the two. Um, Puzzle Link 1 and Puzzle Link 2, and I just got stuck for an hour. Uh, very cool console exclusive. I think it's a must-own, and I do think it's overlooked in a lot of lists because... Puzzle games aren't terribly flashy, so it's not fun to say this is one of the great games on the system, but especially at $9, heck yes it is, get it. Uh, the next game on my list, uh, again, I'm going to throw it on here, not because it's a game that I love, but most people love fighting games, and the Neo Geo and SNK brands are, you know, synonymous with fighting games. Um... There are a ton of fighting games on the Neo Geo Pocket, and they are all done, again, because they're all done by SNK, they're all done in the chibi style or the, um, you know, SD, super deformed style, where you have a character with a big head, kind of smaller body parts, and it's done that way for a reason. Um, the system that has a small screen and only so much memory, but when you do the characters this way, they're able to get all the same gameplay you know and love from the arcades. And somehow they're able to pare it down to this really cool clicky joystick that the um, Neo Geo Pocket has and two buttons. 
Um, because I'm not a huge fighting game guy, I don't have a lot of input on these games. Um, I still don't care for them because they are still fighting games. But almost everybody who loves the system raves about all the fighting games, pretty much any of them. Um, so I wanted to pick one for the list, even though it's not my forte, because it is an essential item. Even if I didn't have any fighting games, I would still buy some of these because I know they are quintessential to the system. Um, I really wanted to pick one out there, and I'll mention it in my in my um, my honorable mentions, if you will. But um, it ended up being like a hundred dollars. Um, so I went ahead and picked this uh, a, a game, King of Fighters R two, which is um, again a game that's really highly regarded. Uh, it's King of Fighters, super deformed, everything I kind of just described to you. Great gameplay, all in a fifteen dollar cart. Um, King of Fighters R1 was a black and white title, I believe, for the Neo Geo Pocket. So R2, I think, uh, just adds the color. I don't think it adds a whole lot more. There's also another game on here, uh, R3, where they add some more things. Um, my budget didn't fit that one, and from what I hear, R2 is a great example of the genre. Um, I'll leave it at that for now because, again, not a whole lot of fighting uh, game experience here, but... Partially the reason I picked these four titles, not only do I think they are great games to own for the system, games I think that are fun or must-haves, but I also wanted to make sure I saved $40, actually, to be honest, I saved $39, because I wanted to make sure you guys were able to pick up Metal Slug Second Offense. Um, Metal Slug, as you guys I'm sure know, is an arcade game by, I'm sorry, it's called Metal Slug Second Mission. I ran off and grabbed it real quick. Um, but Metal Slug is a, a run-and-gun game. You know, SNK is known, and Neo Geo are known for their fighters, uh, but right behind their fighters is their Metal Slug series for, you know, what made them famous. And um, The gameplay on this game is is Metal Slug, but it's definitely done in a way where you are no longer expected to quarter-feed a machine until you win. Um, that just would not be fun on the Neo Geo handheld. So it's a game that is designed to be played through for someone to go ahead and beat levels, uh, blow things up, but do so in a way where it's reasonable to get out of situations without dying. Um, because that's what quarter feeding was for, right? You try to get the money. You want, if you want to see the end of the game, you're going to put 30 bucks into the machine or whatever, it, you know, whatever it was. Um, another cool thing they've done to this game is they've added saving. So you can actually get through a level and save there and come back, you know, turn your system off and turn it back on and keep playing. Um, you don't miss out on anything here. You are, again, big head, kind of super deformed, although the Metal Slug guys kind of already are that way. Um, but you still fight really large vehicles. You still, uh, ride in tanks and submarines and get all kinds of bazookas and machine guns and crazy weaponry. And, um, the first Metal Slug game is only $25, whereas this one is around the $40 range. However, from what I hear, and I don't own the first one, uh, the first game does not have those save points, and um, I think that's a huge part of what makes this game so so fun for me. Uh, this one's got almost 40 levels to play through, so there's tons of gameplay in there as well. And um, I think it's a necessary addition to the collection if you are picking up this system. Uh, again, one of my favorite systems, um, actually to be honest, it's one of my favorite systems, period. I think the screen looks great. I think the options for the system itself, the colors, uh, the clicky stick. Um, this is this is an uh, essential machine for me, and if I were to lose my entire collection, this would be 
potentially the first handheld I picked back up, honestly, before the Game Boy. Um, just every game on it is so good, and there's so many exclusives I can't play anywhere else. The screen is vibrant, even though it's not backlit, you do have to get it lit correctly. And uh, these games are games I suggest. Neo Turf Masters, Card Clash, I'm sorry, I keep saying the name of that thing wrong, it's Card Fighters Clash, uh, Capcom Edition specifically for the price point. Metal Slug Second Mission, King of Fighters R2, Puzzle Link or Puzzle Link 2. And then just a couple of uh, honorable mentions I wanted to throw in here. I was really hoping to get the the fighter. Um, it's called Gal's Fighter. And this is a game, a fighting game, where SNK basically pulled all of you women out of their fighting games and made this game an all-women fighting game. Uh, but it's really cool because they gave them all their own... I guess it's very similar to the, the King of Fighters moveset, but they gave uh, all the women um, movesets that are unique to this game. There's things you can collect and build up the stats on your fighters. Um, and apparently it's the fastest fighting game on the system as far as how quickly you're actually playing. Um, and it's also considered one of the best fighting games on the system. So not only is it console exclusive, not only is it uh, unique in the characters being pulled from all kinds of different games, um, the power-up aspect of it is unique. Um, I just, it seems like a very cool fighting game. Uh, I do want to give it a shot. I do not own a copy. It is out of my price range. I am looking into getting myself a uh, SD card solution so I can try all these games. Um, there's so many good games on here. I wish. I mean, I could pretty much honorable mention the entire lineup um, for the system. Dark Arms is an interesting game. I think I did mention this one uh, in one of the first episodes of our podcast. It's like a cool action RPG game it used to be dirt cheap now it's up to like 42 dollars it's technically called dark arms beast busters 1999 i guess but again these games can be find found in multiple price ranges so you might be able to find it for a lot less than that you might pay a whole lot more for that there's also a japanese market and a european market you can pull these games from so values change depending on which version you get um more more great there's a, there's Mega Man games on here. There's uh, a great tennis game on here, similar to Neo Turf Masters, but it's their tennis game. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you guys check this system out. I highly recommend it, and uh, these are indeed five games you should probably start with. Six good games! <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect! That's perfect timing! <laughs> Nice. That's professional podcasting right there. <laughs> now we decide, do we keep it or no? No, we should keep it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Keep it in there, man. Welcome to Talking... Ugh. No, it's not Talking Tech. What are we... This is how good we talking are right tech. now. Talking Tech. Oh, my six, goodness. Six, six good, good games. games. Good gracious. And for well, our one-year anniversary, you decided, it was your idea, to pick games that had We guiding. decided together. No, it was your idea. We used a little You're bit of show title. You're to blame for this. Hey, these are all great games, I think. I think. I think so. All right. So, yeah, yeah these are all games that have Gaiden in the title of the game. It was more challenging, the smaller pool of available games. Usually we talk about great, you know, C64 games, and there's only 22,000 games for the Commodore 64 to pick from. 
Here, the guidance was a smaller pool, but all the ones that I picked were very Usually, good. if they're doing a guidance, which means side story in Japanese, means something's good enough that you can spin something off of it. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, that's the truth of it. So, I'm going to let you take the honors here. Okay. So, the first one is kind of my low-hanging fruit here, is um, a game that I've played over the years. I've played it off and on, um, but it... it, it it completely fits the bill here. It's a great game. Graphics are perfect. It's Darius Gaiden, which is a shmup, vertical shmup. Um, I'm sure you've played this one quite a bit too, right? You know what? It's funny because I actually don't think I've played very much of this at all. Okay. I was thinking in my head for some reason G Darius, which I have played, which yeah, is newer. I've played that one too. Um, but then, and, and what you're seeing on the screen here right now is kind of its um, its its feature. Its big feature is that there's these big bosses that look like fish a lot of things in darius Gaiden look like fish yep, they're, they're very... very 3d fish and it's a very 3d game this guy goes around and he's 2d gameplay it's 2d gameplay but with kind of this two point i guess they call it 2.5 like a very 3d feel to it um there you pause it right there so the game when you finish a boss at the end of a level like this is zone a then you get to pick where you want to go in kind of branching paths. You and get that's to pick. very much like any Darius. Yes, exactly. So you get to pick B or C next, and then after that, it's D, E, or E, F, depending on which one is linked to the zone you just completed. So it's kind of like this branching triangle out. You always get two choices of yep. which ones you can go. Yep. But ultimately, if you played the games enough time, yep. you can go through 26 total levels because they always go all yep. the way through the whole alphabet. And and this has its pretty basic uh, shmup tropes. I mean, there's power-ups that you sh- shoot specific uh, enemies that are, spe- that are different colors, and they will drop these little things look like shields, and they're power-ups. Um, they, they can create shields. They can increase your weapons. They can create missiles or bombs that come out. Um you know, it's got its pretty basic shmup tropes, but it is a very good and graphically impressive game. And and um, I used to play this a lot on the Saturn, but for ease of use, I um, I played this one on the PS2. You can get it on the um, what is it? The tight was it Taito? The Taito Legends Collection. Taito Legends Two is Darius Gaiden is on there, and. Um, I decided just to play it there for ease of play because I already had that all hooked up, and it looks great on the PS2. Now, um, my only issue with that might be the those both those collections, the Taito Legends and Legends Two, great yeah. collections, but they're direct arcade ports, meaning they still need credits, right? Yep, they do. So you're playing the arcade version. You are playing the arcade version. So even and you play this on PS2, you essentially are playing the arcade. Yep, and I will tell you, I fed this so much with credits like hitting the i think it's the l1 button feeds credits or something like that um but i sat down long enough to really enjoy this game i fed it a lot of credits but i did get to the end of this game yeah and it was awesome i love playing playing it all the way through no matter how many credits it takes because i mean i'd get to a boss sometimes and i'd feed it three or four credits just to beat the one boss yeah see and i have a hard time doing that like for me i want the game to provide a challenge for me to beat yeah, so it's always that's arcade games have been hard for me for that reason. Yep, that's why uh, I typically uh, like the earlier '80s ones where you put in one quarter, you see how well you can do with the quarter. Yep, I know I so, get exactly what you're saying, yeah. but the nice thing is for people who are completionists who want to get to the end of a game, 
it's it gives you a mechanism to do that and i i appreciate it so i'm looking at the saturn long play now here and i'm curious what the um what the differences are as far as how they i mean do they just prevent you from putting that many credits in do they credit limit you until you reach a certain i I didn't reach any limit on the ps2 version i and that is why i was able to get to the end was i just fed it i mean if I had to guess, I probably put thirty credits in yeah. to get to the end. Okay, which I'm not. You know, I'm not. Everybody knows from this podcast that listens. I'm not the greatest gameplay in the world, but I do love shmups. So, cool. And yeah. It looks great. I played some of the uh, mostly lower end Gradius game or Gradius games. Yeah. Um, and my issue with them because I love ocean based anything. Yeah. So I thought I'd love these games. I haven't played this one too much. I do like G. Darius a lot. But it's typically that you're a ship shooting these tiny little tiny little projectiles. Yeah. And the enemies are doing the same thing. For whatever reason, it just didn't have the... I don't know how to describe it. The physical oomph yeah, behind there, the... There like, is less of that in Darius Gaiden. I know so what yeah, you're this, talking about. Yeah, this one, I'm looking at lots of large bullets yep. and things flying everywhere. It looks much better. But, but um, And the, the branching path thing is cool because today... I played it today for a little bit, and I... I got to an underwater level I'd never gotten to before, and it was it was a lot of fun. They shoot bubbles at you, and um, it was it was great. So I mean, uh, it's a solid shmup, um, and, that, and that's my first one. Pretty cool. Well, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on you. Yeah, uh, this is another game I own a physical copy of, but it's Gradius Gaiden. Cool on the PS One. Yep, and I do have my copy is uh, Japanese because they didn't. I don't think it came out in America. Yeah, I don't think so. I never played it. Um, but yeah, here it is. Here you can tell it's Japanese because it's got the clear. What oh, do you yeah. call that spine card yeah. there? I've seen that. And then a lot of these games in Japan, of course, it has. They, you know, they came with a spine card, so I've got the spine card there and everything. Yeah, which went out there originally. Um, but a lot of these games too, which was interesting. For the PlayStation 1, described on the bottom, they had a little blue line down here and described what type of game it is. Yeah. So it says shooting game. Um, anyways, here it is. And uh, I played a ton of different Gradius games. Um, I think I mentioned on the show here that one of my favorite shmups and games of all time is actually Gradius 5. Yeah. Which is a treasure game, mm-hmm. even though it's a Konami license. Treasure made that game for them. We forgot to mention that, by the way. Sorry to step back in time here, but when we were talking about the TurboGrafx-16 Mini and the PC Engine Mini, yeah, Konami is the one that's actually produ- producing that. Yeah, I read they, that they own. They uh, somehow own the everything for that. Yeah, from um, uh, shoot, who NEC, did? NEC, yeah, yeah, they, they absorbed them. So, anyways, good again. Konami making good strides in the classic video game, you know, market, which two years ago they were pretty much completely out of. So, yeah. Um, anyways, we're watching the intro here for Gradius Gaiden. Um, you know, they have some very cool 3D little movies here in the beginning. The gameplay is not 3D, it is 2D side-scrolling shooter, just like Darius Gaiden or any other Gradius game you've ever played. Yeah. Uh, the game starts, it's very familiar, you know, very similar waves of enemy attack patterns. Um, the option system and all that stuff works very similar, but it is cool because you can absolutely change your loadout. You can pick, pick if you want to be the Vic Viper or the, um... Uh, or if you want to be Lord British. In fact, let me go back here and show you that. Um, I'll just tell you right now, I love this game. This game was great. So here you go. You got the Big Viper, Lord British, and then there's two other ones here. Um, 
it's not showing in English, but it says their name on the audio, so we can't hear it. And they kind of have a standard loadout. Yeah. Um, just like any typical Gradius game, you've got your missiles, you've got speed ups, you've got your force field, yep. you can do laser, you can do ripple, um, all these different options. But what's cool about it is once you get here, you can decide if you want to do manually change things or pick things based on letting the computer select things for you. Yeah. But then you can also change basically what order they go in. So typically speed up is first, missile is second. But if you want, you could, if you want to like do a ton of options and just have a ton of options all the time, which are options are like ghosting little guns that ghost behind where you go. Yeah. So you can have a line of like five different guns basically trailing you and shooting all over the place. You can go ahead and take your option and select it in the second spot. So that becomes, you know, as soon as you get two power-ups, you can select the option. Yeah. Instead of waiting until, like, it's all the way to the end at five. Okay. Um, or if you, like, have no interest in the double shot, which I never do, I always put that last because I don't even, don't even care about it. I want tons of missiles. I want options. I want force fields. So you get to control your loadout, which is cool. But pretty soon you realize this is not a normal Gradius, normal Gradius game. You kind of start in this cool ice level, and you can see the Aurora Borealis in the background. Yeah. Um, at this point, it still looks very Gradius-y, but you start working your way through. The, the environments are changing. There's um, patterns of ice being made by these machines. You have to cut through the ice. Um, you get this crazy cool... Let's see if we can get to it here. Graphics are awesome. Um, there you go. Crazy cool, like, caterpillar space thing. Yeah. But just like in any Gradius game, all the big enemies have a large red orb, and the, they always say, shoot the core. <laughs> shoot the core. And so that's what you're trying to shoot on this caterpillar here in the first level. Um, you're learning its attack patterns. It kind of has little gives what's, what it's going to do. You just kind of have to learn them. Um, unlike a lot of Gradius games, most Gradius games, when you play them, you play until you lose everything. You die once, and then you pretty much can't keep catch up anymore because you've lost all your weaponry. Yeah. And you just can't get back to it there. You just keep dying. Um, there's a lot of, of ways to get back to full power here. So when you die, you're not out. Um, you get, I think, 10 continues total. Okay. Sounds like a lot. It is a lot. But with 10 continues, you usually will get like halfway through level two first. Yeah. Next time you play through, maybe you'll make it to level three. I played through this probably 10 times, and I can get to, I think, level 6. Um, this level is very cool. Level 2, you're in this cool place where there's all these old like space junk, like metal scrap out in the middle of space. Um, you can see these are old bosses from other Gradius games falling to the ground here. Um, they're part of the scenery, so it's like an old junkyard almost with old Gradius bosses that you would have destroyed in previous games, assuming you've played them. Yeah. Um, and then the boss itself here is cool because it'll actually it'll shoot at you, attack you. Of course, you're trying to shoot the core. Um, let's see if this is the right one here. I don't think that was the right one. But anyways, it'll actually... There's Magic Gathering. Hey! We were just talking about magic. Yeah. Looks like they have a new... Uh, we're looking at ads here on YouTube. Anyways, the boss will start collecting little piles of junk and protecting itself, like putting on itself like a crab almost. Yeah. And you have to shoot them off and expose it again. Oh, that's so cool. So you can get back to the core while it shoots at you. Yeah. Um, just really creative. The third level here is really cool because now you're in this like crystalline level where there's crystals bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Um, if you have the laser um, armed, 
and you fire, the laser will actually bounce off the crystal at hard right angles because it's like a real crystal. If light enters it, it comes out at a different angle. Yeah. So it gets really creative that way. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what else to say about the game. It's both very classic Gradius, but yeah. also very modified, but subtly in ways that are all good. Uh, this is this has become probably one of my favorite shmups now. Yeah. Just playing this. Um, Gradius 5 still takes the cake, but this is up there. No, I, it looks awesome. I played a ton of it, loved it. Um, they definitely have the stage. If you've played any of Gradius games, they always have a, a, a stage where there's a bunch of moy heads that shoot these, like, I call them Cheerios at you. Right, right. And then the boss at the end of this level is two huge moy heads, which is actually my favorite boss in the game. It's really fun. Yeah. Here they are shooting at you. Yeah. Um, giant Cheerios as you try to destroy them and shoot them in the mouth and they're open. Great game. Excellent. I suggest you pick it up. I will. Or I put it on your will. PlayStation Classic. Yeah, that's a good one. I wonder if I... Yeah, I may have already done that. Just haven't played it yet. I put it on mine. Right on. My second one is Ninja Gaiden Shadow. Ooh, who would have thought Ninja Gaiden on the Pixel Gaiden podcast? Exactly. Um, yeah, this one was an, was an interesting one in learning the, the history of it because a lot of people think it's just not a true Ninja Gaiden game. Um, because the mechanics are a little different, and it does have some interesting mechanics in the game. First of all, it's a platformer with uh, your guy looks just like the typical Ninja Gaiden guy. Ryu, he's got Ryu. a yeah, yeah, and he's got a sword, and you basically go through the level and you can duck and you swipe things and you hit. But what gets interesting is that there are levels that you get to where you can, almost like Bionic Commando, you have like a hook thing that you can shoot out and like a grapple, but you can only shoot straight up. You can't shoot diagonally. It's only straight up to get to certain levels. Um, and during this game, you you do pick up some power-ups here and there. Um, I, I I went into this just testing it out to try to think, hey, is this good enough? Is this good enough to make the good games <laughs> to thing? To make my cut? And I played this on the BitBoy, and I I spent a few hours on this. I loved it. It was it, nice. whether it's okay. whether it's a true Ninja Gaiden game or whatever. Um, I love it. And those things he's collecting are the power ups, which do the um, almost like a fire wave. Yeah, I saw that, like a column um, of fire. Exactly. Um, but you see, he can jump. But there is also a grappling gun, which he can use to get to certain levels up higher um it is on the original game boy so it's black and white uh but the graphics are really fantastic for game boy i mean here's you know a guy that's walking on the ceilings um i i think this is a fantastic game and if if uh if you get a chance to play it you should um now it's interesting i've heard a little bit about this game yeah and i i actually watching it now i doubt what i've heard about it to be honest with you because it does look very Ninja Gaiden-y. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the power-ups seem the same. Yep. However, from what I know, there's a, so there's a game on the NES called Shadow of the Ninja. Yeah. And from what I heard, this was the Game Boy port of that, which I think in Japan it was still Shadow of the Ninja. Right. But in the American market, they were, must have worked with Tecmo, or I don't think it was Tecmo, but they released it over here as Ninja Gaiden... The Game Boy game. Shadow. Yeah. yeah. And this is by Tecmo. Um, yeah, I saw that in the, in the search screen. Yep. So I, 
if that's the case, it was actually a kind of a another ninja game that they just tagged the name on. But I'm watching it, and the way he moves and stuff, and some of the power ups look very Ninja Gaiden. The so, way his sword is. So um, I don't. It's hard for me to believe that actually looking at it. So whether one of us is correct or not doesn't matter. The fact is, it looks like a Ninja Gaiden game. It's challenging. Um, it's it's. I had a blast with it. I thought it was. I was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, and. It was so much so that I that that's why it's my number two spot. Wow. I, mean, I really liked it. You can see it's, it looks fun to play, right? It does. It really does. I'm going to check it out on my Super Game Boy. Yeah. See, plugged this into is, my SNES. So you drop down here, and these are pretty challenging stages, like where where you end up. Yeah, they look like challenging, in, like Ninja Gaiden, where once you figure out how to do it, you can repeat yes. it. and that's exactly... You just got to figure it out and then yep. keep it up. Cool. Ew, good choice, actually. That's just, we don't put Game Boy on here very often. That's cool. No. All right, I want to pull up my next one. I wish I already had it ready here for you. But no problem. We talked about how I've been loving the MSX. Yeah. And uh, when I started typing Gaiden into uh, different search engines to figure out what games are available for me to choose for our podcast, one there was a Gaiden game on MSX. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. You had to pick it. I yeah. love MSX. Well, I didn't just pick it just because it's yeah. MSX. Um, but there is a series of games called Alest or the Alest series. Sure, yeah, I've played if, quite a few of those. And there's one of the most famous ones being Musha, which is considered one of the best Genesis games. Period. Musha is fantastic. It's like 300 bucks if you want a copy of it now. Yeah, I remember back when I first got my Genesis, like literally like 10 years ago, it was still super expensive to yep. try to get to try to get Musha now. Yep, yep. And then uh, was it Space Megaforce? Is that the one on on? Super Nintendo. Yep. Um, but then there's a game that in America, I think it was called Power Strike. Okay. On the Master System and Power Strike 2, which are actually ports of a list and list 2. Okay. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, there's a couple other ones. But basically, my game I picked is called Alest Gaiden. Now, I'm going to take a second here to get to the game because there's so much cool stuff here that is new to me and I'm hoping it's new to other people. Okay. So again, the MSX is a Japanese microcomputer that came out in the 80s. Um, I, Eric and I both recently got one. I'm really digging into it and loving it um, to the point where I'm not going to give Eric his cart back so he can't play it ever again. <laughs> no, I have one coming in the mail. But what I found out was that this game came out right before Alest 2. Now, Alest 1 was a space shooter, yeah, 2D vertical shooter. Shmup. Yeah. Typical shmup. And so was Alest 2, but Alest 2 came out on the MSX 2. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little fancier. Almost looked like a it was um, good middle of the road graphic quality Genesis game. And yeah, yeah, I thought it, it was fantastic. It's great. I, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't played past the first two levels, but right, I want to. Um. So, I guess this is a big thing in the Japanese Japanese MSX scene, but they came out with these digital magazines that were I don't know if they were how they were distributed on disc. I guess probably. Um. But they actually had these magazines that you would load up with your MSX computer, and there would be advertisements in there, I guess some music and stories, and a bunch of game demos, and sometimes full games. Okay. So, they had, and these came out different, there was different magazines from different companies, and I started pulling up a few of them and just digging through them, and they're all in Japanese, so it's hard to figure out what you're doing, but randomly i'd be playing a random small little game you know sometimes it'd be a full like little demo game or a full like shareware game kind of a thing um sometimes it'd be a just one level of a demo 
Sometimes there'd just be footage of gameplay, like not footage, but a gameplay in itself to show you what the game's going to be. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes it'd be full games. And um, some of this particular, I think the game, the magazine was called Disc, Disc Station. And they had dozens of episodes, and you can download these issues and play them still. But then it came out with a number of specials, which I guess were like large, larger magazines. Maybe, might maybe cost more. Okay. I don't know. Um, but on special number five, disc station special number, I'm sorry, special number four, they decided Compile, who made Aleste and eventually Aleste 2, right before Aleste 2 came out, came out with Aleste Gaiden, which of course means side story. Yeah. So this is a, it is a full game, but it is a, a shorter game. I believe it was only six levels, but they're short levels. And um, it's not quite what you think. It is a vertical scrolling shooter. Um, it's got a cool little intro here with kind of Ninja Gaiden style um, cutscenes. Um, I can't read what it says. It's in Japanese, but it shows a cool robot with like robot arms or somebody in a robot mech suit thing. And uh, it shows a big city, which looks, um, well, I'll show you why later, but it looks like an American city. Here's the big robot guy, uh, 1989 compile. Yeah. Um, and then there's a Google ad. Gosh <laughs> darn it, Google. Oh, We're trying man. to watch this so Eric can play along with us here. But So anyways, you start the gameplay, and you'll notice it is a vertical shooter, but you are a little dude um, in robo-armor or a mech suit or whatever you want to call it. Um, and you're running through this wasteland. And it's kind of cool because even though it's a, a wasteland with a, clearly America, because there's Statue of Liberty heads everywhere. Yeah. Like, as if there was more than one statue, statue of Liberty, <laughs> Liberty that was destroyed. Um, so you're running around and you're shooting all kinds of things. You're throwing these like shurikens, these like ninja stars. Yeah. And um, these little yellow ships uh, come by and you can shoot those to get different power ups. There's red ships, there's blue ships, and those give you power ups. Um, you can you can see there he's got laser beams, but you just saw there there's a big hole in the ground, so and because you're running on the ground, yeah, you actually have to jump as well. So it's not just left and right, up and down. You actually are jumping over uh, obstacles on the ground. So like how many Statues of Liberty did we have? I know there's literally like dozens, if not over a hundred Statue of Liberty heads here. Every once in a while, they go by a road there, but yeah, there's all these robots flying around. Um, I liked to, and you can see, that, again, we've got, if you want to call them options there, but you've got, in this uh, video we're watching, three guys uh, lined up here. You're you're the main guy, and there's two shadows that are shooting with you as well. Yeah. So, but the just added thing of jumping and dodging bullets, and it's a shooter, but it looks really good. It does um, look great. I believe it, if I'm not mistaken, it was a standard MSX. It, maybe it is MSX2. You can't really tell because it just plays on the MSX. Um, there you go. You got some kind of red power up there. There's your option again. Um, the levels are pretty repetitive. That that is one thing. There, you can tell they didn't put too much time into making sure everything was. But it's still a whole lot of a lot of fun, and you'll get to these bosses, which actually look very cool. Um, it looks great. Yeah, here this boss is almost contra like bosses. Like in this first level here, there's all these guns mounted to a cave or a cliff wall. And they're all shooting at you, and you're dodging the bullets while trying to take out each gun individually. So it's like bullet hell, kind of, just to... Yeah, at that point, huh? You end up in the next level in the space station. Um, 
new enemies here. Some fly at you. They, they. I mean, it's very varied. And you'll notice here, there's also little um, structures in the middle of the walkway that you can... Now, if you touch them, you're fine. They don't hurt you, but you can't move through them. So you will be pushed back. And if you get squished against the back of the screen, you will get killed. Okay. Um, so I definitely liked using these shurikens. So I try to keep my power-ups with the, a bunch of... A bunch of uh, extra ninja guys behind me to help create more firepower, and then I tried to use the Shuriken uh, power up to to do the most damage I could. That was the loadout, which makes sense for me. Here's the second boss. Here he's this huge. I don't know if he's like a Godzilla samurai guy throwing this huge ball at you. Um, but you can see we're looking through a playthrough here, uh, multiple levels, different things happening, more advertisements because it's YouTube. And it looks like for this particular person to play through without dying ever. Um, yeah, it took him 21 minutes to play through the whole game. <laughs> um, but it was a blast. and uh, Yeah, it looks awesome. Cool anime cutscenes. Here's, here's the final boss. It was a, I had a great time with this game. And uh, I did not beat it my first sitting. I think I played it three times before I did beat it. So it wasn't a walk in the park, but at 21 minutes total play time, you can get there. Yeah. That looks really cool. Very cool. I game. like that one. I'm gonna feel, have to give this. A if spin. you feel like playing a game on the MSX, you can beat. <laughs> Here's Which, one to get your hopes up. Awesome. What Perfect. is your next game? Next one, my final one is Fire Emblem Gaiden, the English translation. Fire Emblem Gaiden. That's right, because this was not ever released in English language. This was not, and uh, when I found it, I I really like Fire Emblem games. Um, it's one of the very few games on the 3DS I actually like. Um, but this system, this is uh, Famicom. This comes. This was on Famicom, correct? Um, I played it on my NES, obviously. Um, think, think the best way to think about this is imagine a Fire Emblem game, but with all of the, kind of the extra stuff they add in layers over years, um, stripped away. And this is basically Fire Emblem at its most basic kind of level it is very tactical but it, it has an rpg element where they go through the story with these cutscenes right here and um but eventually you get to an overworld and you walk along the overworld and you fight you get into different fights along the overworld on your way to different cities um and you can keep going you can go back and forth but this is kind of your overview um, it is almost a, reminds me almost like an Archon from way back in the Commodore 64 I've never days. actually played that, but it, Archon's a great game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But this is a little bit like that, but it's just a tactical game. You move your guys, you try to flank certain characters when they're next to each other, they give each other bonuses. Um, terrain matters. If you go into the grass, you get a defensive bonus. Um, it basically is Fire Emblem, but a very simplified NES version. And, it, and this is the second Fire Emblem game ever to come out. So this, Fire Emblem Gaiden. Yep. Hmm. Um, I actually got through the first overworld section. Um, so it's probably like eight or nine battles. Um, I wish I had more time with it. I, 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 I only found this game a week ago, so I've been playing it, and I was like, I really like this game. This is a- I actually did try this one at one point. My translation wasn't fully working. So yeah. Only some words were... were now, the video we're, we're looking at right now, the translation looks great. Yeah, and this is probably the one I'm playing. Now, with that said, there are glitches 
everywhere in the in the translation. Oh, are there? Okay. Yeah, like little graphical. It's weird. It's like graphical glitches, but nothing that gets in the way of not understanding what they're saying. Um, so obviously, to play a game like this, you need to take a ROM. There's usually a patch for the ROM. Yep. That'll update the ROM, or else you can download a patched ROM already. And that's what I did. I I downloaded the patch, but I couldn't find the right ROM to assign it to. So I just downloaded a pat yeah. a ROM that's already patched, and it's good enough. It, it, it there's glitches every here like here and there, but overall it it works fine. I've always wanted to find a Fire Emblem game that I could really dig into. This one's fun. Um, I don't know if it's the one you would want to start with, but go, having played future ones like on the 3DS, and and then going to this one, it, this one's a lot of fun. I actually really like it. And there are more, it gets more and more elaborate. Like, there's things you can buy, you get gold pieces, you can upgrade your weapons. Your characters go through a whole level upgrade. Um, it, it, it It's a blast, and it works really well. Uh, I'm glad that somebody actually took the time to do an English translation. It's funny, because it's got that early NES thing where, like, the little text boxes come up. Yep. And they just lay over each other to the point where it looks almost like old windows where everything's just yep. piled up on each other. Yep. Um, and surprisingly... It does I, look good, though. I, I mean... Yeah, surprisingly, uh, because I've played other Fire Emblem games and understand these tactical games, I did pretty well. I didn't really lose a guy in the first whole overworld. Um, yeah, I want to I find a game like this that's stripped down so I can learn Fire Emblem and work my way up. And this is stripped down. So yeah. this is kind of base... It's kind of Fire Emblem at its most rudimentary. But what did you play this on? I'm curious. Where, where did I play what it? What did you play it on? The original NES. Okay. My original NES on the EverDrive. You didn't BitBoy it or anything? Nope. Gotcha. Nope. Played it on my NES. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, my last game is... Uh, if you want to call it a cop-out, you can. Um, I've never heard of it. You probably haven't, but I've talked about it a lot on the show already. Okay. So... I looked up this game, and it is called, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, Gardic Gaiden. That's the way I would say it, yeah. And I already knew what this game was, because in English, it's called something different. What is it called? I'll get to that. Okay. But I took, looked up the research on it, because I saw this game, I'm like, I love that game, I'm going to do it, an episode on that, using the um, caveat that the Japanese name is Gardic Gaiden, it's not called that here. Okay. Um, so I looked it up and said, why is it called Gaiden? It means there was another story to start with. And there was a game on the MSX oh, nice. called Gardic. Cool. And it actually has almost nothing in common, except, I guess, story, which I can't read, with this game. Okay. Um, so anyways, this game in America is called Guardian Legend. Oh, on I the played NES, that one. Yeah. Which I've mentioned on the show before. I put it in my first $100 for the NES. Yeah. And it's a killer game, which I, I will go ahead and pull up now. But... Um, this game is uh, it's really cool because it's two different games smashed together. Yeah. Um, seeing if I can type with one hand and still talk. There we go. So I'm pulling it up here. Yeah. So it is a shmup smashed together with like an action RPG Zelda kind of like game. Um, and it's also very inexpensive on the NES. But in uh, Office on the Famicom, it's called Gardic Legend, I guess. But basically, you have these shmup sections. There we go. We're, we're full screen now. You can see the big... Uh, this is a big, like, space alien space planet spaceship thing. Yeah. And apparently, it's heading towards the Earth, and you need to go to 10 different 
sections, planets, whatever, and destroy the ten different sections before before you blow up this thing and save the Earth. And Something I can see like it's by Broderbund, and they make some great... They've made great software back in the 80s. Yeah, I don't think they made it. I think they published it. But, published it, but yeah. that's what I meant, is they, they pretty much publish quality titles. Here you go. Here's your story. An alien race sent a huge world hurtling towards the Earth. A whole world hurtling towards the Earth. Yeah. Loaded with a cargo of mysterious life forms, you must battle your way deep within the alien world to destroy its vicious inhabitants. Uh, so we are the guardian of Earth here, right? So right off the gate, you're this uh, hot robo-chick. Yeah. As hot as an NES robo-chick can be. Sure. Who can shoot things. Um, it reminds me almost of, again, I, I think I mentioned this in, in my first $100 segment of the NES game Star Tropics mixed with Legend of Zelda. Yeah. So you run around these flip. It's a flip screen, not scrolling. Flip screen, uh, different enemies. You've got the little blocks in the middle of the uh, screen that you can shoot blocks and pull up uh, power ups and collect things. And um, it's been a while since I've played it. There's a little health boost there. Um, you're trying to collect enough chips to turn them in for things. Um, but essentially, you've got these uh, action RPG segments where you. Go through, fight enemies, blow up the the level, and then after you do that, and you can also get power ups and stuff. And those power ups do continue with you when you get to the shmup sec- sections, which are again shmup is uh, scrolling shoot 'em up. I'm trying to find one of those sections here. There we go. So at oh, this nice. point, your robo chick turned into a jet, a spaceship with fish. Yeah, it's kind of Darius like, huh? Yeah. And uh, the weapon she's using there is a weapon she she gained uh, in the top-down section. The graphics look pretty great for a NES. Yeah, I mean? and for, for a NES long era? time, this game was like 6 bucks. Yeah. I think now it's going for like 12 because people found out about it and all games are going up. Yeah. Um, but I played this game through to completion. And you can see, looking at the bottom here, it's not a short game. I've played to completion five hours if you never die, which I'm sure this video is never die. Yeah. Um, but you're going to spend some time shooting things. You're going to spend some time uh, trying to find all the treasures and things you need to power up and defeat each level. And Yeah. No, it looks really she's cool. She's got a double shot there. Yeah. I, this is such a cool game that is not... It, uh, it should be highly sought after, but I guess there's so many of them out there and they're not rare and yeah. it's cheap and... It's a game worth, in my opinion, getting physical. Just because it's, it's yeah, it's cool that you figured out that it was a guide in game though to qualify for the six good guide in games. Yep. I mean, I would have never known. Yeah, it's a it's a very cool game. I got stuck sucked in this one, played it straight through when I when I got it. You know, it took me three, I think three days when I did it, but yeah. And I didn't play. You know, I, I you died a bunch, but there's save points. It's kind of like Zelda. You don't start from the beginning or anything. It's yeah, you, you play your way through it and it saves and. Really cool game. Cool. Well, I think that's it. That is it. Um, last thing to do before we go, then, is talk about what we're going to do next week, or next month, I should I should say. Yeah. I had a couple ideas. Okay. I liked your idea. For six good games, you had the idea of... What was that? I don't remember. It says Neo Geo on here. Yeah, yeah, Neo Geo. That's right. Six <laughs> good Neo Geo games. Now, are you thinking, like, arcade? Or? Yeah, Neo Geo arcade games. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds Done. good. Let's Decided. Do it. So we'll do that next time. Okay. Battle of the Systems. I had an idea. Yeah, what is that? And this isn't going to make sense to you until you do it. Okay. Donkey Kong. Yeah. That's a boring game and it's all ports, right? Yeah. Wrong. We're going to play Donkey Kong on the ColecoVision, because that is a great port. 
Then we played Donkey Kong, by that name, on the Game Boy. Okay. We'll talk next month. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Sounds good. Don't, don't do too much research, otherwise you'll... I you'll, won't. But, um... I gotta get my click vision sure out of the garage. In. There you go. I like it. All right. But they're... I mean, in theory, they'll be, they'll be a little quicker, but... Yeah. In theory. Sounds good. I'm trying to be foreboding here. Um... <laughs> We didn't do a, uh, a high score competition this week we did or this not. month. I keep saying a week, um, so we'll see about doing one this next month. Okay, I didn't like. I, I didn't mind the idea we had last month. I just forgot to announce it, and because uh, <laughs> we were so busy, I wouldn't have been able to play anyway. I mean, I had a hard time getting through all the homework we had to do. So this month, hopefully, it'll be a little less, and I can get through it. The truth is, our, our high score our high score competitions are. Um, Announced and held on Twitter. Yeah. So if you're not a Twitter follower of Pixel Guide In or or at the Project or Oddball Forty Nine, which is myself, um, it, it's probably not really a way to do it. And I mean, most people, no one's emailed in. I don't think. No. We've announced them pr- previously. So. Nope. Um, if not, please check us out on Twitter because we'd love to interact with you and have those things and high score. And if you don't have a Twitter, go get one. They're not. They're, they're not cheap. The, they're not the devil like uh, Facebook. Like Facebook, exactly. <laughs> I put the word in Eric's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything you're looking forward to, Eric? Um, you know, I'm looking forward to now playing Panzer Dragoon because I promised you I would. So I'm there gonna load go. up my. I'm All gonna right. hook up my Sega Saturn this week and we'll give that a spin. Yeah. That's so, like, I, I and I am trying it. to spend less money, even though it doesn't look like that, but I am trying. So I'm going to just try to play the games I have. So I'm going to really dig into that one. Uh, and now that I have my MSX cartridge back, I'm going to dig back into that. Yes, please do. And I'm, mine should be here shortly. So awesome. again, I'm, even though I haven't not had it for like four hours, I'm already like jonesing, jonesing to get it, for to get, it? To get back. <laughs> I love that system. Yeah. I'm also trying to, I'm looking forward to trying to figure out what SD card solution I'm going to get for my Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah. Uh, that's going to, I'm putting that on the official trying to get list. So. Yeah. Don't be surprised if in a future episode we have that. Yeah, we have to get the link cable though, so we can play games. Oh, that together. would be fun. Yeah, um, and then also Blazing Chrome, the yeah. Contra style run and gun is coming out on the Switch on July 11th, which is three days from today. Obviously, this show will be out after that, but I'll keep my notes take handy. Some time. Take a look for that. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Very excited about that one. Right on. Cool. I guess that's it for now. Unfortunately, I have to wait 30 more days to do this. Yeah. It's like my, one of my favorite days of the month, Eric. Yeah, I look forward to it all the time, too. I'm going to really try to get some sleep next time. That's Seems f- like every every episode I always... Get... Well, it is like midnight. Yeah, it is. Uh, not quite there. We're actually only 11.20 this time. We're, we're doing great. <laughs> Nothing never... says fun like sitting in a foggy room with filled with man stank and heat <laughs> oh yeah retro games playing in the background while we talk for five hours we do this for you the listeners yeah no, blood sweat and tears we hope you appreciate it exactly all right well until next time remember it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone, alone. <laughs> thank you again for listening you can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. 
So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.